0: FM.
1: It's that time of the week again. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Derman and Dave Show best of podcast. But not if you're driving. Definitely don't sit back. In fact, sit up now.
2: I am neither silent nor serious. I am merely focused on performing the tasks which make up my work day. Vogas. Yeah, well, no, it's not boring, Emer. It's an important. I run an important shop here, you know? I've got I've got roles to fulfil. Oh, you've got roles, all right. <laughs> if I don't oh, If bitch. I don't fulfil my roles, this whole thing oh, would fall apart. apart, right? Right to the
3: top. <laughs> F- this, this, this ship would run aground. ships, oh, <laughs> Yeah, you love a good <laughs> ship.
2: Performing the roles that you all think are boring and serious, I need to do these things. Otherwise, this show would be a joke. You'd be a laughing stock.
4: You need to understand oh, you're that. You
3: stuck up, all right.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you're such a bitch.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Give that bastard a saucer of uh, milk. I'm only deflecting, guys. <laughs> I haven't got rid of my COVID pounds. It's not what this is about. This is about valuing me and the effort I put in
2: on behalf of this team. I didn't ask you to. I must.
3: Oh, you're not part of the team.
5: We had a meeting. You weren't invited. Yeah. We talked about you though, but you you just weren't
3: invited. We had nibbles, dips. Really nice little knipes.
2: Okay, well then what <laughs> happens, <laughs> What happens if I don't? <laughs> what? Do the boring, serious stuff. We'll be fine. Someone You'll help. be fine. Someone, Someone else. It. To do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, awesome. just, just so it I just So I just hit I just hit stop now on the record I just hit stop on the recording. No, we'll just get
3: remember Homer's nodding bird. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we do. <laughs> <laughs>
4: You pressed stop Someone could just walk around And press start again Yeah. Y-N Where, Y-N- where n- would you save it You wouldn't even know why, where why, it.
2: <laughs> You wouldn't even know Where to save it Sean In my brain. You wouldn't even know Where to, What's the file path Dermot For this particular part Where you know Tell me now
3: Oh Audio Nas D&D Best of First
2: of all You haven't given me Any slash direction <laughs> <laughs> Is it backslash Or forward slash
3: I've tried to backslash, but it's quite painful.
2: <laughs> I'm just saying I'm indispensable. You just need to understand this as you go into your weekend, that without me, you've got nothing.
3: <laughs> wow,
2: that's got nothing.
4: egotistical. Yeah. Wow,
3: you should run for a UK Prime Minister with an attitude like that. No, you could I'm, actually I'm be s- UK I'm Prime being Minister. assertive.
5: You could make it 46 days or 45 days. As UK Prime I could, Minister. I could,
2: I, could, I could do that because I'm great and I should get You're better. You're better than a
6: lettuce.
4: <laughs> no, <laughs> no one's I better than not. that lettuce. Oh, that that lettuce. lettuce was the highlight of the week. Lettuce be. I want to know why bee. that lettuce
5: lived longer than the lettuce that was in my fridge that I'd throw through the day. Sorry,
4: I don't understand that. Can someone explain this part to me? If I buy, like, yeah, lettuce or <laughs> rocket in a supermarket after like a week you have to throw it out how did that head of lettuce last for I is think it because it's, it's the head it's less uh, commentary on
3: politics it's more commentary on the implications of non-organic farming this ah. is the future food that doesn't rot is this where we are now truly
2: what it is is it was
3: fake but it was the daily swap they swapped
2: start. the lettuce out every day the camera went black for 8 seconds everyone <laughs> talked about it do you think so <laughs> yes
4: yeah
5: 45 days is a long time for a lettuce yeah it,
2: was. it wasn't the same lettuce it's like Paul McCartney died. <laughs> the lettuce
3: was replaced. Oh, you're a racist now. Oh, all lettuces look the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, lettuce-eye. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they merely... eye. They pulled the leaves <laughs> over our
2: eyes, guys.
4: Oh. If this goes right to the top. If I was Liz Truss, I'd be out. Uh, like, I, did, I outlasted that lettuce. You can't...
5: Y- yeah, I'd be asking for a parliamentary yeah.
4: inquiry into the lettuce. <laughs> If she could get in <laughs> my fault doesn't work
5: <laughs> I don't know why but for some reason Paul the Octopus is just in my head now and I don't really understand why I'm thinking of Paul the Octopus but he was the I octopus am. that
2: famously predicted the results of World Cup games I think it was in 2006 in Germany yeah
5: I haven't thought about him in a really long time but mm. now I can't stop thinking about him I think he died Well, I'm- like recently
2: Oh, reason? I don't know. No, about octop- no Octopuses for. don't live for- In fact, I just did an episode of my other podcast, guys. Oh, not I, that I'm I allowed to plug out it out on this. Uh, but I did an episode with an amazing woman who is a squid biologist. And she was talking about how long... You know the way we kind of have this image of like the Kraken awakes, this ancient evil beast comes mm. out from the deep sea. Like the longest thing that lives in terms of squid, octopus, cuttlefish kind of thing is like 10 years. So there's never any ancient Kraken. It's just like... They're only live there are no kraken no <laughs> Versus a Greenland shark Lives 400 years Dave's world Unless
3: there was one That lived quite old Yeah And people used to say
0: <laughs> I, I D- met, I-
3: This is going to go This on, is going to yeah. be The end of the go podcast go here, on, we yeah. go, here we go Here we go, go So I was Under the sea there The other day And I met this Really old octopus And he'd say Oh really? Yeah? How was it? Oh the kraken was 90 He's 90 years old Good day. Enjoy the podcast,
4: friends. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> Where do we even begin with this description
3: of the day? Like, Well, let's begin in last week. Enjoy. Just to bring people up to speed. Uh, I, a few weeks ago, for our celebration of 20 years of working together, got Dave a travel pack because he'd never been on public transport. Well, not since he was in school. It was easily the worst gift I've
2: ever been given And this was what He celebrated 20 years of togetherness with
3: Yeah you got a leap card You got rubber gloves You got a cloth To put on the seat A a, a USB fan
2: Yeah um, A a face mask It was all It was basically A survival
3: kit For public transport Because as Dermot said I don't don't get public transport Anyway He tried to wangle out of it He tried to hide it Underneath his desk Except it fell over Into my desk (laughs) And I went Hey You haven't done this yet So this morning Was the day Where Dave was getting public transport on the train for the first time in decades. I'll tell you what, the issue, there are several issues here. Um,
2: I'm a man of routine, and I mean strongly a man of routine. Mm. I need everything to work like clockwork all of the time. I need to be in the studio at a certain time. I need to go to the kitchen at a certain time. I need to drink tea at a certain time. I need to go to the bathroom at a certain time. Yeah, All of it. these things need to happen to make me feel calm and centered as the day begins. Today, I feel like we're an hour late for everything. <laughs> <laughs> the show is starting. I'm like,
3: I am not ready for the show to begin. So now Dave uh, met me this morning at 10 to 7 in Hoth, ready to get onto the train. Now you should say, we should say before going further, there was also a forfeit at your end.
6: Because yeah.
3: while...
2: Dermot was making me do this. We talked during the weekend and Sean and Emer and Kyle were all like, you're doing it, you're doing it, you're doing it. I realized I had to get something back on him. I'm not a man who exacts revenge very often. <laughs> but his abuse of Call and my Crocs has been unacceptable levels. <laughs> so I went and got him a pair of they're called marble clogs But as he said They look like somebody spilt Some <laughs> Tipex so on a pair bad. of black Crocs
3: Yeah so I had to wear Crocs For the whole journey in as well In public So, so, many, there so many people were looking at my feet <laughs> 10 to 7
2: this morning We were in Hoth Waiting on the 7 o'clock train Which arrived a couple of minutes late We got there uh, I beeped my leap card yeah, I went Admit on.
3: it, you found that bit
2: quite exciting. That was actually okay because it, it was like <laughs> the little gates went <laughs> and I walked through. I, I quite like that.
4: It's <laughs> uh, been like that for about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> then I had
2: to lay my cloth down mm. on the seat. Uh, I don my plastic marigolds, my face mask, <laughs> and I plugged my USB fan into my USB portable charger. Didn't work. No. That's the worst two euro ever spent <laughs> yeah, so We'll get that back um, Everyone did, I Oh sorry I should say I also had a Dermot and Dave Lap blanket Because as you know I go everywhere with a lap blanket And I couldn't possibly Take the train Without the comfort Of the blanket Which I have did to say not, Did you not find it relaxing
3: What? To be on the train no, You didn't have to deal With any traffic or anything I like traffic <laughs> <laughs> I don't No
2: I didn't find it relaxing At all Because then I had to pick up my bag As a woman sat down beside me And to put it on my lap Then it was on top Of my lap blanket And I was kind of like is
3: isn't as comfortable as it should be it was a beautiful moment when he had all the gloves on and the mask and everything and that was fine when we got onto the train it was empty because I was the start yeah. of the journey but then they all came in and started sitting beside him <laughs> and looking at him why is he wearing yellow marigolds
2: none of it made oh, sense damn. anyway we got off the train I beeped through the thing my leap card said mm. you have low balance so I was like <laughs> yes well, I've got I an ear infection I only
4: put a fibre on it
2: <laughs> by the way will that get me home? yeah will get me home. Yeah, yeah, it's only two euros to get
3: home. Right, because
2: I've got to get the jar. He's got low Jordan
4: balance, home. though. Yeah, but He's got low balance. It's just though. warning you. Okay. It's yeah. low.
3: But you've enough to get home. But here's <laughs> the worst bit. It. Here's the worst bit.
2: After taking the train and sitting with all the commuters and doing all that mm. thing and having to be with a man wearing Crocs in public, which you, some people would find <laughs> difficult, that was fine. And then we had to walk from Pier Station to Today FM. I timed it. It was 17 minutes That's Well that's because you walk ridiculously slowly No, most of the delay was the fact that every time you tried to post Instagram You had to stop, <laughs> to <laughs> take out your glasses <laughs> I can't type and walk at the same time But it took a long time, there was a lot of effort involved And then when I got in and looked at the clock I was like, it says 8 already and I'm walking in the door <laughs> This is
3: not okay Well at least your feet weren't freezing <laughs> okay. I My shoes I had holes in them you chose they
2: still have holes in them. You chose black socks, which is an interesting move. Sean, you're looking at them there. What yeah. do you think? Do you think white socks would have well, been better? White
4: socks would have been more, I suppose, current, but I just think they look terrible with anything. Yeah, they're awful. <laughs>
2: no, they're not awful. They are awful. Tell me this. How do you find the comfort of the croc?
3: What well, I will say about it, okay, no. I don't like the fact that they feel too big for you constantly and they always feel like they're on the verge of falling off. Except I know that sports mode hook at the back keeps them on. (laughs) Yep. What I will say, though, is the sole has kind of um, pricks on it, for want of a better word. Pricks in it, I would suggest. It's all kind of like little bumps. Yeah. And that I like, because it kind of feels like there's a bit of reflexology happening there while you're walking. Yeah. I'm I'm into that. See, I, I would... Not, it wouldn't make me wear them. <laughs> Don't get me wrong now. <laughs> Sounds like maybe, no. you know, all of a sudden these things that you were going to maybe
2: throw in the bin after today, might they have a second life? No. <laughs> <laughs> a second life for someone else, maybe. A charity shop over <laughs> there. Well, actually, choice. actually, actually, actually. I think I should give away the Dermot and Dave lap blanket that I wore on the train this morning. Mm. Because... Mm. I'm not going to use it again Because I (laughs) have Because
3: it touched train (laughs) Yeah,
2: It touched train So I'll give that away If you want to win The once used Dermot and Dave Lap blanket That I used this morning To drape over my lap As I sat On the Dublin area Rapid transit 7am Train from Hoth to Tower Street Or Pierce Station Wherever it was Uh, Just text in now I don't know Text Text something funny Into 0874102 and we'll pick someone Dave's out. Dave's blankie. <laughs> we'll pick someone out and give it to you. I, I, I'll tell you what, right? I've done it. I've got to do it on the way home, which I'm not looking forward to. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I won't be with you now on the and way home. And
4: you've to stay and work late today for something. So you have to get at a commuter time. Yes. Oh, it's going to be <laughs> packed. No, nothing of stand it. Can. Can today have him cover a
2: taxi? No, (laughs) sorry
3: Listen, we should say If you want to go and see The documentary of us Heading into work today One on public transport Which he loathed And one in Crocs Which he equally loathed Then go to At Today FM On Instagram And you can go to the stories It's all there It's all there And it's also on Dave's He's at Dave Today FM I'm at Dermot Whelan Official It's on our stuff as well
2: Go and have a look Let us know what you
3: think I mean, I'm done I've, I've ventured into the world of public transport. Well, if you're done, Dave, I am ceremoniously kicking off my crock. Yes! yes. Oh, yeah. It hit the <laughs> ceiling tile. Some dust fell. Here comes another one. Oh, yeah. Jesus.
2: That's actually been irreparably damaged now at this point.
3: <laughs> the crocs are gone. You're just like an
2: Irish version of Sheldon Cooper from Big Bang Theory. You've booked a slot in... You know, he books a slot in his own bathroom for the mornings. Yeah. I think that's a smart thing to do. Someone else says, Dave, you like traffic. That's just weird. Ed, no. It's not more time in the car. Plus, the time I leave the house, the traffic is very predictable. So it's like, I don't mind it, because I know exactly what time I'm going to arrive at so my destination. because you leave home in the middle of the night, <laughs> <laughs> because, because you're so. afraid
3: of breaking your routine, and you have to be early.
2: Someone else says, you're making me feel cold, Dave, just going to have to turn on my heated seats and steering wheel. All I need now is a lap blanket. Yeah, that's what I missed today. I got into my car. My car has a timed thing. Where it preheats the car to whatever temperature I want and has the steering wheel and the heated seats on. The train is preheated when you get onto
3: it. It was freezing. The window was open. The wind was blowing in. Well, that's because of COVID did that. Everyone's yanking open the windows every to be healthier. I'm not yanking my window open in the car. I, th- I saw people nearly break their necks. They were looking at my Crocs so much this morning. And <laughs> thankfully, <laughs> like, Nobody could fell see off a just, platform. You can see those kind of sideways glances like that. What is
2: he wearing? <laughs> well, he you were doing? also sitting opposite a man wearing yellow marigolds on a train. So <laughs> yeah. there was probably a
3: couple of reasons they were I looking. should be happy it wasn't raining. Because there was some amount of rain over the weekend. You would have had wet toes. I would toes. have had very wet feet getting in here today. Yeah, yeah. Just,
2: thank God they were just frozen. We decided we'd give away the Dermot and Dave lap blanket that I wore on the train uh, Let's talk to Beth Who's in Cork Hi Beth
7: Good morning
2: How are you? I'm mortified <laughs> Why? What mortification Do you think Justifies you Winning this Dermot and Dave Lap blanket
7: Oh my god I actually didn't Think he'd ring back But um, So my wonderful Delightful uh, Three year old Had taken to Shouting something obscene in public
2: <laughs> something so I've obscene Beth you know we're going to have to hear what the something obscene is so you, it's okay you can say we can repeat it what, what is your three year old shouting so
7: everywhere we go he's shouting big titties
3: at the moment, <laughs> exactly. where did he hear that uh,
7: listen he has an eight year old brother who's corrupt <laughs> <laughs> so he just <laughs> shouts on top of his voice Big Titties, Big in titties Banality, oh, and the Shack Inventor, in his grandmothers. Like, it's, just, it's so embarrassing. That's what I, a hero! I just kind of move away from him and just start, you know, doing my shopping. <laughs> pretending. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you like see,
3: that. we never really grow out of that as blokes. We we just <coughs> aren't allowed to shout it anymore. Exactly. <laughs> but we still want to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what an absolute hero. We're gonna send you out
2: the Dermot and Dave lap that I use on the really? dart today. You can absolutely have that. Well done. Hey. Well done to your eight year olds for corrupting your three year old and your three year old for following through. We're proud of everybody in Cork oh, Beth
6: Okay, thank All guys. right, see you later.
2: Bye. Bye, bye, bye bye.
3: bye. bye. bye, bye, bye. Now, become known as one of the most intimidating faces on Irish telly and this Wednesday sees the end of Hell Week. The professionals, but who is going to pass the course? DS Ray Goggins, best-selling author, former Army Ranger—that'd be Special Forces to you and me. He's on the line. Hello, Ray. Morning, gents. How things? He well. Good to chat to you again.
8: Yeah, actually,
3: it is. It's great there. How are you keeping me well? I'm you very... See, I missed you last time,
2: Dave. That's right, yeah, I wasn't here. I missed out on my chance to sit here and be intimidated by your handsome face, Ray. <laughs> there you go, yeah, yeah. When
9: you said that about my face, I wasn't sure what you were saying
3: there. You were saying I was ugly. <laughs> God, no, the opposite. <laughs> uh, so, Ray, this is just another brilliant series, and... Even though, you know, sometimes when you get a good idea for a show and then you fill it full of, in inverted commas, celebs, uh, it, it doesn't have the same impact. But this this actually does. And it's really, really entertaining. And it doesn't matter what your job is, whether you're a professional sports person or Joe blogs off the street, you got to be tough to get through this.
9: Yeah, you do. Like, And we're, we're very lucky with the group of people who came uh, on this uh, series. You know, they're really bought into it. Cause like it's only as good as the people and what they put in, so yeah, it, it was good. Like, and it's look, it's all about their mindset and you know pushing themselves and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's certainly, yeah, is. So it works very well. It works and
3: do you, do you sorry, do you go much harder or easier on the the celebs, so to speak, compared to regular people?
9: No, there's no difference. We just see them all as a number. To be honest, you know, yeah. it doesn't really matter. We just stick the boot in the meat away. Like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> there's no telling about that. Tell me this: the final four. Um, And I'm sure nobody who's listening now is is, is waiting on spoilers and all the rest. But David Gillick's a a, time Billy Holland and Eric Donovan, right? They're all sports people. Do you think that sports people have an advantage over people who come at this from another walk of life?
9: Yeah, to be honest, personally, I do, because I believe that, like, you know, the whole process of the program isn't necessarily about your individual skills. Like the better you go on with it, is you know, if you're very good at chatting with people very quickly, and I suppose sports guys are like that. And even with Eric, look, I know people would see a boxer as an individual sport but like his backroom team and who he works with on a daily basis is all about teams so mm-hmm. yeah they probably have a, a slight advantage to someone coming from a kind of more individual um, discipline or whatever yeah
3: yeah and just, well, just because they're not involved with in sport doesn't mean people don't have grit and determination I'm thinking of Fiona O'Carroll from Mrs. Yeah. Brown's Boys and here's the moment where despite her best efforts and determination you just had to take the the um, armband off her
10: two sit up give me your armband two okay look you're not quitting you're not quitting. I'm taking you off, of course, because you can't keep up. You can't keep up. Give me your armband. Give me your arm. You haven't. Give me your armband. No too. Give me your armband.
2: God, she wasn't giving up in a fight, was she? Yeah, I, I
9: thought we were going MMA there for a minute at one stage. you know what I mean? She was. Uh, yeah, but look, fair play. If you want, like, she's a she's an amazing person. Like, she's great spirit and heart which she showed there on the program. Like, and she just wasn't giving up. And like you know as you were saying there earlier it doesn't matter what your background is and I know the sports guys have a bit more advantage but um, it's all down to what you bring and you know what how you believe yourself and how you know yourself and mm. they're they're the kind of people that do well on it
3: that so, was during that infamous scratch test which it can be just a it's just a mishmash of awful tasks yeah. do you do you have any memory of your own introduction to scratch when you began your training to become an army ranger
9: I, I have I have probably t- too many And you probably don't have enough time to hear them all But like, you know, it, it, it's just the brutality of it And and on the real course, you know, the, the scratch probably goes for maybe eight hours You know, it, it's pretty intense like, And it's always done at, at night So I suppose the only story I have I remember seeing a guy with a big um, climbing rope on his kit When I arrived and I was kind of going What does he know that I don't know That he's got a big rope for him But I remember during the, the proceedings hours later seeing him with some instructor had the, the rope to the full length of 90, 90 feet around his waist and he was running him around like a trick pony you oh know with all these hills on I was going okay I'm glad they didn't bring one of them up <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Ray when, when, when you've completed that, because we always hear about for special forces we hear about the training right and the kind of the, the necessary things you must pass in order to be accepted but once you become an army ranger presumably like, then it's not a case of like right break out the Jaffa case and put the feet up like you've really got to keep that up throughout your career right yeah, you do.
9: Like, and look, I served there for seventeen years in different positions. You know, uh, up through the system, and yeah, you're constantly tested. So it's never a case of getting comfortable. You're always tested. You're always pushed. You know, into positions of adversity and all this kind of stuff. So you never get
2: comfortable. One never. of the most uncomfortable things I think isn't actually physical from the show. It's the truth. That bit where mm. you guys make everybody walk up and point at someone who they have created an unbelievable bond with, but they're, they're required to walk up and point in someone's face and say they're not going to be able to complete the task tomorrow because have a listen to this
9: I want you to point at the person in this room that is not going to pass the course ok walk up to him keep pointing keep pointing keep pointing stop swaying look him in the eye now and tell him why isn't he going to pass
3: I think your feet are going to be compromised and it's going to slow you down and you'll
9: eventually give up so is that your honest opinion? It's my honest opinion. So just because he's injured, is he like an easy person to pick? Twelve? What do you think of that? I disagree strongly. You disagree strongly, like the Doyle. You going to put a motion against it or something?
3: <laughs> <laughs> What's the purpose of that, Ray? Because it's it's so emotionally cruel. It goes against all our accepted social norms. What is it? What do you think it does?
9: yeah what it does like like in special forces if you think about it like you could be dealing with all sorts of madness or mad environments so social norms aren't really you know don't really work and, and you kind of go beyond that kind of limit so what we would always do in teams is like that honesty of, of awareness of who you are as a person and, uh, in your team So you like you you can only be good if you know what you're not good at and like if you have that honest open view with your team and your, your guys in your team that you're like brothers with Saying this, and you're not good at this, it, it lands, and, and you work on that, you know, and that's what we're like. It's, it's self-improvement, team improvement, is the constant, and that, that's the difference mm-hmm. in the mindset. Well, very,
3: very few other places that will work. Like you can't do it in your Monday meeting in work, where you go, okay, guys, walk <laughs> up to someone and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think you're <laughs> terrible <laughs> at marketing, and your last yeah. whole brand campaign was a disaster. Uh, you absolutely. know. I, yeah.
9: And also your shirt is off as would you
3: think of
10: wearing. <laughs>
2: yeah. And Ray, in that situation, are, are you, as you said, it's about improvement, right? So would you be happier with somebody sitting there taking on the chin and going, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Well, tomorrow I'm going to work harder at that. Or do you want them to come back and go, you're completely wrong. I've got this. So, you know, what what is the best reaction from the person receiving the truth? Yeah,
9: they're both actually right in ways because, like, people don't like hearing, you know, critiques they don't hear, like hearing bad news about themselves so some people will take it incredibly personally which you, you kind of don't want really Like, so what I'd like is someone that's going okay I understand what you're saying but look they might argue it a little bit just to try and tune exactly what they need to work on and then it, uh, that acceptance of them is okay I need to do this and that, that's what happens you know
6: yeah
2: um, there's a text in and it says um, will you please ask Ray is this genuinely the last ever series because I've been training and hoping to apply for Hell Week but I heard this is the last season any chance you could confirm or deny, Ray?
9: I cannot confirm or deny. I'm only the DS. The, the like, you know, it, it'll, it'll depend on, on what happens. I don't know. Look, we haven't planned another one. There's no talk of another one at the moment, to be honest. But look, that could change overnight. I, I don't know. But so mm, whoever this, okay. this person is, tell them, keep training something will come up maybe you never
3: know and finally Ray like I, I, in every movie I ever see with ex-special forces they're living a new life everything's going great and then they get the call (laughs) and it's it's, uh, one more job everything in your gut is telling you no no don't do it but you know the paycheck is good you gotta get over to Libya first thing in the morning jump out of an airplane have you got the call yet Ray?
9: Yeah, listen, I'm on my way to the under-14s there to start coaching them. Yeah, I got the call there last night, so that's where I'm off to now, yeah. That's tougher
2: than any mission you've ever been yeah. on, I guarantee yeah, they're, it. They're, yeah, I'd
9: prefer to face the Taliban
2: than the under-14s, yeah. <laughs> Ray Goggins, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, the When is the last episode? It's Wednesday, isn't it? Wednesday, 9.35. Wednesday night, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah make nice sure you have into RT1, obviously, the RT player as well. You can watch it there. Ray, pleasure as always to talk to you. Thanks a million. Thanks a lot. Nice All right. Talk. See you later. Bye bye. Here we go now. This is third-hand information. Something about you, girl. There is a move. There's a TV show, maybe on Netflix, called The Midnight Something that has the most jump scares in an episode ever in the history of television. How, How exhausting. exhausting!
11: I think I may have been recommended this only on Friday. Right? Is it like the Midnight the House, the Midnight or Something, the Midnight Something or other? So it should be absolutely uh, horrifying.
2: Jump scares The Midnight Club
12: The Midnight Club The Midnight Club And apparently
2: Yeah apparently There is There are more jump scares (laughs) In the first episode Than there have ever been In an episode of anything
0: Ever That's
11: obscene i ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs>
2: totally got a
6: jump scare
11: there. <laughs> it's so awful. I Actually, just remember what we used to do. So I had uh, myself and had two best friends. I'll wrap this up quickly. When we were younger, no, We were like a trio. We did everything together. Two of us loved horror films, and the <laughs> third one hated them. So we actually used to go to Extravision, and we'd rent a DVD of a scary film, and two of us would sit there and watch it. And poor Kate would put her her um, earphones in, listen to her iPod, and put a blanket over her head <laughs> for
0: two hours. <laughs> That is mean. And this
11: is just what we did. It's like, okay,
3: see you in two hours, Kate. And she'd be like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me and
0: Kate.
6: All of us. I can relate to her
3: because those jump things are exhausting. The minute the first one comes, you're like, oh my god, I wasn't prepared. And so then you just clench everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you yeah. spend an hour and a half of the movie just like. Well, at the end of it, you need a massage and a, and a priest. <laughs>
2: <laughs> an episode of TV is usually like what, twenty three, twenty four minutes long. There are 20-something jumps. That's, so that's a long one. Well, one every minute. Let's watch it. We should watch it. We <gasps> yes. should put little cam- cameras. it. Re- we should it. watch it somewhere in a darkened room with those night vision cameras. <laughs> if I can see German <laughs> yelping on a night <laughs> vision camera. Uh, Sean, I make it happen. The Midnight Club, says a text. Yeah, we figured that one out in the end. It's the same makers as Haunting of Hill House and Black Mass. Two Mm. TV shows. I don't think Dermot will be watching that. (laughs) Um, Someone else is suggesting that we maybe make Cahill go on Ultimate Hell Week. Uh, Well, a couple of things. One, the challenge Cahill is currently running, obviously, is him running the Dublin Marathon, the Irish Life Dublin Marathon. He will complete that uh, on the 30th of October. But Ray Goggins wasn't clear today as to whether or not the show's coming back.
3: Yeah, he said there's currently no plans... But, I mean, it's so popular. Why would you not just keep making it? Yeah. Well, I suppose it's just money, though, isn't it? Like, if the money isn't there... But surely if something's popular, the money would be there, no?
2: As you said, you know... Uh, Aldi are sponsoring the Aldi TV show in the UK. Maybe if it was like oh, you Ultimate should. Hell Week brought to you by... Jurex. J- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Perfect oh, sponsor. Dave
3: Moore. Yes. Oh, it's like a definitely fun the of TV of the show. Uh, 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 we were also talking about telly earlier on. And yeah. In fact, we had Dermot Bannon on the show last week and uh, his new show hit, the, hit our screens over the weekend. And someone was saying here, did you see Dermot Bannon getting into bed with his shoes on in the steel house. I was shocked. Yeah, it was actually, it genuinely was a little odd
2: because it's so hard to describe. This house is incredible, right? There's three bedrooms and the bed is in the floor and you simply pull it out from... It's so hard to explain. Basically, you pull the bed out, but it's on the same level as the floor. So he was standing on the floor and then he just stood on the mattress like the, with the sheet on the duvet on it, and just lay down now the lying down bit was fine he was trying at the bed and the ceiling is so huge like so high up and that was the whole point but it did immediately go because Dermot's he's always very careful with his shoes like you often say can I wear shoes in? The-? you know whatever so it was just kind of odd he did just stand on the mattress and then just <laughs> lie down the bed so yeah I felt the so same way you wouldn't mind me walking into Harvey Norman with him now would you huh? walking out over the beds all over the beds there was also an amazing house at the end of the episode um, or towards the end of the episode these lads had built it on like a hill looking out over the, the Mediterranean Sea or whatever the sea at Barcelona is is that Mediterranean? I think it is uh, and Jesus it was just so phenomenal but they had a courtyard, and the courtyard was even nicer than the view of the sea, the internal courtyard. So you're like, yeah, yeah, the sea is there. You're like, this is the sea. Then they turn around and go, go, go. Oh my God, it's the courtyard of dreams. It was so amazing.
3: Doesn't it happen though all the time if there's ever a show that has nice houses on it? Twitter's always full of people complaining that we shouldn't be showing nice houses because it's too hard to get them. Well, in fairness, as Dermot mentioned when he was in this, Dermot
2: Bannon mentioned last week when he was in this, one of the houses that they had on it it was a 69 square metre house that was built out of, uh, it was a kind of a... A kid house. A kid house. And... I mean, 69 square metres, he said, it's the same size as a normal one-bed apartment in in Dublin. And this, these had, these people had made a, f- a f- well, it was five rooms. I don't know how many bedrooms. I think it was two, th- two bedrooms or three-bedroom house. But it was just absolutely amazing how they had designed it. And it was five, it was all built on the width of a dishwasher. <laughs> it's is amazing because every normal appliance—dishwasher, cooker, washing machine—they're mm. all six hundred mil wide. So the guy went, okay, six hundred mil wide. Well, he's an architect. He goes, so I can fit five six hundred mils in a three meter room. So now I'm going to build five three meter rooms, and everything is based off the dishwasher. It was just, it was just so genius. Like, I'm honestly. confused.
3: Are you have a dishwasher in every room? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ex- I mean I'm explaining it really badly. How dirty is this guy? Please go
2: and watch Dermot Bannon's Incredible Homes, and you'll see it. It was absolutely brilliant. I love it. Wow, I,
3: imagine having five dish, dishwashers. <laughs> your, your kids could complain about unloading five different machines at the same time. And have the have the door open and the basket
2: slightly yeah. to the side and yeah, five yeah. of them across the room. Yeah, it'd
4: be brilliant. Can I ask a question? Do people like, obviously Twitter gives out about these things, but you know, the like? would you actually like to watch Dermot Bannon's incredible homes if they're all just average homes? Or like, <laughs> do you want to watch Room to Improve? If it's just like, oh, we're doing up the box room. There are
3: people on Twitter who that's what they want. They don't want to be shown anything... Other than... Misery. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, like you can't aspire to anything.
2: No, but no, in fairness, this is called incredible homes. They better be incredible. And they are. So it makes perfect sense.
4: It's just to me, it's like you watch Room to Improve. Yeah, you can't afford the 700,000 euro house in Slorgan. But like, you watch it for the crack.
2: Oh, totally. Yeah, and you want to see,
3: it's, it's the people fighting with Dermot. That's,
4: yeah. what,
2: that's
3: what it's all about. But is isn't most TV... Like, and movies, like aspirational. Like, I, housewives of a, anywhere. I know, it's escapism. Yeah. You know, those real estate programs, yeah. like, or, or whatever you happen to be watching, it's usually you're slightly more glamorous than your own life. And that <laughs> kind of gives you hope. Except yeah. the one
2: on, that's on in the afternoon. On BBC, oh. I don't know what. Sometimes Dion Dublin hosts, this, and it's like the yes. most depressing apartment ever in the history of apartments. Like Molded, the fireplace oh, has fallen always. out. Always, and I, I got it for twenty eight thousand at auction. It's,
0: there was a reason for
3: that. <laughs> it's, it's full of rats. <laughs> yes, yeah. that oh. is such you a You're by a rat in your house. Dave, <laughs> put out your arms wide like like you're an airplane. Yeah, you know, like you used to fly. You run around the schoolyard. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Well, come fly with me too. A tie. <laughs> New York. New York. New York. I probably should have played Come Fly With Me, because that's what I just said. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to transport you to a very famous place in New York. Now, there's a chap called Keith McNally. He may, to your ears, sound like he plays corner forward for South Liberty's GA. <laughs> but no, Keith McNally is the boss of a restaurant called Baltazar, who has complained that he had had to ban an incredibly famous man who he has referred to as a hugely gifted comedian but a tiny cretin of a man. Uh, That's unfair, Dermot. I mean, you're not tiny. Like, you're (laughs) 5'9 and a bit. Like For once, Dave, it's not me causing a ruckus in this man's famous New York restaurant. It is...
4: I I feel I should tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, My name is James Corden. I'm 36 years old, I'm from a place called High Wycombe in Great Britain
3: and apparently I give Waiters and waitresses, hell! What? Now look, he's James Corden is not here to defend himself, but this is the story that has come out. Well, we never really have celebrities here to defend themselves; we just like to hear the stories about them. so <laughs> Let's go and find out what happened. Okay, we'll just caveat that James is not here to give his side of the story. Fair, fair, however, there are a lot of these reports about James Corden in restaurants, so mm, you know, yeah, As, where there's smoke, etc. Right. So Balthazar is a French restaurant in New York City, right? Ooh la la! And uh, apparently, James Corden was not a very nice man at all. And it has been extremely nasty to his staff on two separate occasions. The first incident was over the summer record Corden demanded that a round of drinks come this second oh god and that his previous drinks be comped as in given to him for free because he found a hair in his food after finishing his main course so he obviously ate around the hair <laughs> and that's it <laughs> yeah. and by the way if you only found it after your main course chances are it's your hair it could be oh, although nice. it depends where in the main
2: course it was but yeah okay, okay
3: um uh, he, m- McNally, not the corner forward, the restaurant owner, <laughs> has alleged that Corden was the most abusive customer to my Balthazar server since the restaurant opened. 25 years ago And have you ever been In New York People are not afraid To complain in New York It's literally Like that line In all my time (laughs) It's this Uh, Another occasion This month More recently Corden came to the restaurant With his wife for brunch And complained to their server That there was A little bit of egg white In her egg yolk omelette Wow So So she she just wanted wanted egg yolk yolk. Right Um, A little bit of white Got in I wonder is Maybe if she's A bit allergic Although you wouldn't chance an egg if you were just allergic to one part of it, would you? Yeah, well, it'd be a, a dangerous risky. one. It'd be risky. Yeah, it's like eating a double decker. I can only, I can only <laughs> eat the chocolate. Eat like a single decker. <laughs> Um, The dish was remade but sent out with the wrong side Home fries instead of a salad Oh my god Which was apparently the last straw And he was told to stand up and say You can't do your job You can't do your job Maybe I should go into the kitchen and cook the omelette myself What is wrong with these people? Um, Then they sent over a couple of glasses of champagne To smooth things out And apparently the waiter was left very shaken Yeah, I can completely understand that so your man says, look, I don't often ban people, but I had to do it to Corden. It did not make me laugh. Yeah, you see, like, I don't know what it is. You've worked in a petrol station. It's not quite a high-end New York French restaurant. No. It's the uh, It was the hey. Texaco
2: in Port Marnock. We make Cuisine de France, uh, which is a French bakery selection. <laughs> don't you worry. It's a very, very fancy. Altogether. I worked
3: in an insomnia uh, in Black Rock in Dublin Yeah, uh, a couple of decades ago. Did you ever get abuse like this on this level? Um, no, because generally I was on barista duties. So that's a great place to be. Your back is turned. Because you're not directly face, you know, dealing with the customers mm. until you sort of hand over the coffee at the end. And generally they're so relieved to get it. They're just they're gone. <laughs> Their addiction is about to be fueled, so they're fine. <laughs> yeah. But if you're face-to-face on the till, I, I, I suppose you get a bit more of that. But I, I don't remember any particularly really horrible customers. I do remember in the petrol station, the kind of abuse you'll get is
2: you'll get abuse... For the government's hiking of petrol prices That was always interesting Oh right no, well, if you walk Hey off. yeah hey you you know how much that is out there I'm like yeah I, I literally have to type the price in in the morning that's 1 euro 27 oh, you're di-. and I'm like no it was the government that did that it's uh, not the government it's the underpaid teenager with the long hair and the bad attitude <laughs> he's putting up the prices of diesel the worst customer I ever had was the guy who held a screwdriver to my neck and demanded the lottery tickets and the cigarettes out of the machine oh, but hey sorry that happens. <laughs> Sorry about that yeah,
3: he was straight from his I shift in <laughs> insomnia he was full of coffee and slept <laughs> in three days <laughs> uh, but we'd but, love to know uh, do you work in services uh, or maybe you witness something in a cafe or a restaurant hopefully it wasn't me or Dave (laughs) a few glasses of Merlot in I just just can't understand because you know that thing of like Irish
2: people don't know how to complain I think that's a really good thing I think not being not wanting to make a massive fuss is a plus in our personality as a nation it's
3: not like we can't complain I don't think you should be walked all over well there's a difference between complaining you know with Politeness and grace, sure, and kindness. This is not that. You know, no, but also you don't want to be sitting there and just having any old slap thrown at you either.
2: <laughs> no,
3: you're right. You're right. Dave's but in the. Everything's fine. Thank yes, you. Yes, thank you very much.
2: You no, know, the cold steak that was on the floor is perfect. Thank you very much. You know, so, uh, uh, I'll uh, give
3: you a great review on TripAdvisor. Do you work in a public facing industry and have you witnessed some horrible people Uh a la James Corden? They don't have to be Again, celebrities. We don't know if he's horrible. Maybe he's just the guy he had a bad day, possibly. Several you know? bad days, it seems. <laughs> in the Always same in restaurants. restaurants.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's a pattern emerging. Uh,
3: yeah. Have you met any of those kind of types uh, or maybe you witnessed yourself, or do you know what, maybe you are one of those people who likes to flip over the table and say Do I have to cook me up myself? 087-4100-102 Drop us a text, drop
2: us a WhatsApp, if you've got a story for us you can even send us a WhatsApp voice note 087-4100-102 We're going back to New York City where the uh, scene of the crime happened, which was James Corden allegedly being a little bit bit annoying in a restaurant called Balthazar. So much yeah. so that the owner has decided to ban him, which is something he apparently rarely does. But uh, he just was
3: very nice a couple of times when he was in. Well, he said it's the worst treatment his staff have ever had by any customer in 25 years. Wow. That's a serious thing. And it, there was no crime committed. Let's be honest here. You know, James obviously had a bad day treated Apparently treated people not terribly well, and now he's got banned from a restaurant. You know what? I think I'm the opposite. Oh, I think I. You know the way if you have like a you're having a great time in a restaurant and the waiter or whatever is like, great, mm. I have to become their best friend. <laughs> I've seen so that. For instance, over the weekend, I know, there's a guy called Thomas who works, works in Locker and Resort mm. who is probably quite afraid of me now because I'm, oh, Thomas! Thomas, thank you! Thomas! Oh, you're the best, Thomas. <laughs> Which wine should we have, Thomas? Would you look great. Where are you from, Thomas? You've had enough wine, sir. Can I move please in? Please sir. Can I move sir. in with you,
2: Thomas? <laughs> please, please complain about something so I can be sturdy towards you. Please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, let's go to the phones and let's have a chat to Emma, who's in Galway. Hi, Emma. Hi,
13: it's
2: Paula. Oh, Paula. Sorry. Hi, Paula. How, <laughs> How are, are you? Hi, I'm good. I'm good. good <laughs> we were morning. trying to change your name for no reason.
3: You were an, <laughs> you,
6: you sound were more spy. like an
3: Emma. Uh, so come here. Are you in Galway? I am
13: in a Maggie. Yes, at the minute.
3: Right. Okay. And you worked in hospitality for
2: years, did you?
13: I did I actually have got, I've changed recruitment I've changed into recruitment now but yes I did I was a hotel manager for over 10 years oh god um, what
2: kind of things did you witness then
13: oh my god look people are just mental um, <laughs> 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 um, just like the basics no manners like as in you know kicking their fingers at you and um you know, if, if it's the wine doesn't taste the way they want it, they're like, I'm not drinking this. And you know the wine is perfectly perfect. Mm. But, they're you know, they straight away complain. But I know one of the best ones was, um, it was a Sunday morning and, you know, you come into work at 7 a.m. and you're working breakfast and I remember this lady clicked her fingers and called and made the whole restaurant aware of what was happening. Mm. And she was complaining about the brown bread, and she said the brown bread was stale. Um, and obviously we had sliced the brown bread fresh that morning so we knew it wasn't so I, they called me because I was the manager so I went over to her and I was like what's wrong and she was like the brown bread is ridiculous it's so hard I can't even eat it and all the restaurant was looking like, because she made a big scene in the middle of the restaurant. And it turned out she had buttered a piece of <laughs> 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 I yes! It was funny. I was able to turn around and say to her, like, this is this is actually HuitiBix. This is not brown bread. And what did she do? She kind of looked at me and was like, uh, uh, uh and i said i'll get one of the i'll get one of the staff to bring you fresh brown bread and marmalade you know so we did that but like the whole restaurant laughed like everybody was laughing
3: oh you ah, love love those so stories it actually, oh, yeah it so completely good. it
13: actually completely backfired on her like so i mean even when she was coming to check out then like everyone was kind of looking at her thinking what's she going to complain about but she didn't say a word she was like paid her bill and walked out and that was that um <laughs> but yeah like i suppose i suppose i always say to everybody i think anyone every youngster in ireland should work in retail or hospitality yes you know it's like as you say the manners sometimes are just shocking well, I've had know? that conversation with my kids
2: I'm like you are doing a year in the local spa or the restaurant or the petrol station or the pub like you're definitely not going straight straight into college without having an experience yeah, of working just to, yeah, services just to,
13: gain, just to gain respect to like and I mean James Corden like completely showing his you know his the bad side I suppose on that and I, as I said the restaurant guy was dead right I do the exact same mm. thing if it was
3: mine you know lack of class isn't it that's, that's absolutely, it. absolutely it absolutely do you find that, that it was the people who maybe you know who obviously had a bit of money or is it people who had notions who, who were the complainers most? was well, there a particular actually, type or was it anybody
13: no you're dead right it was actually the people who had money
3: Okay, so... Well, p-
13: I would say they have money because that reason. Because
3: <laughs> <laughs> they annoy it out of everyone else. <laughs> um,
13: yeah, no, it actually was. It actually was. It would be more classy people um, because you'd, you'd really... The people who'd appreciate what you did for them, like were the people who struggled to pay for the weekends come away or the night or whatever... And we're doing what they could, but it actually was the people with the notions and the people with the money who Her would eyes. complain, and like, there was a, you know, there's a beer stain on the table, or my fork is not polished correctly, and... <laughs> <laughs> Silly things
2: like that, yeah. <laughs> Paula, thank you so much for that amazing Weedabix story. Yeah.
13: No problem. See you later. Bye. Bye-bye.
2: Someone says I worked in the cafe. My colleague made a sandwich for a hairdresser that worked down the street. The hairdresser appeared at the door a few minutes later and hurled the sandwich at me from the doorway because it wasn't on
3: the correct bread. <laughs> oh, my wow. God. What happens to people? I, I guess no you idea. just have to assume maybe that they're having a bad day and this is something that just kind of pushed them over the edge. Or maybe they're just dicks (laughs) (laughs) That's your other option We would need
2: Brady in there Talking to us about productivity And how people are working too much Someone says It's ridiculous The pressures employers Are putting on people Working from home Even if you're sick You're expected to log on If you're at home No concept of needing rest To recover it's only open On a laptop They can stay in bed And do it once They don't have to commute I'm sick of it and someone else says I feel like I'm constantly working I have a new job and uh, even though I'm told the managers that I'm having to work weekends and evenings they say oh, that's just the bedding in period you won't have to do that after your second year there's the expectation what? that it's normal second yeah, year?
3: No. Uh, It's hard as well for anyone working for a multinational that's on different time zones. You know, they might have an office in Chicago or Hong Kong or whatever, and you're expected to be kind of available not only for your own bosses, but the bosses in other time zones, Yeah, you know, which Uh, is tough enough. We were also talking this morning with a story about James Corden in New York in a
2: French restaurant, making, it seems, uh, fairly rude complaints to the staff about things that maybe weren't that big a
3: deal. so rude, he was banned from a restaurant For life By a guy Who said it's the worst behaviour He's seen Of any of his customers In the last 25 years We're
2: asking you If you've faced Any of these kinds of issues If you're working uh, You know Facing the
3: public Well actually Hannah is in Wicklow You think there's a You have a theory As to why people Go a bit crazy Hannah Is that right?
7: Absolutely
3: (laughs) What's your theory?
7: Um, so, I worked in mostly bars for about like eight years, and every time there was a full moon, everyone just went crazy. <laughs> really? Like, it's a thing. Oh, yeah,
3: 100%. You know what? I've heard that from guards before.
7: They, oh, yeah. They... No, it's, it's like worldwide, like everywhere.
2: So, what kind of stuff did you see around full moons?
7: Um, so, I, um, I was a manager in a bar in New Zealand, and um, on my one of my staff's very first solo manager night, it was, just, like, Friday, Saturday night. It was a full moon. And I was like, look, be careful. Like, you're going to get some weird people. Mm. And he was like, oh, what? Like, no, nah, you're just being super superstitious. Like, calm down. And I was like, no, no, no. You, you got to, like, look after yourself. Like, just be aware. And he was like, nah, you're, you're grand. Uh, so I came back the next morning, and he was just like, oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, what happened? So you're completely right 100% I'm never going to doubt you again I had someone toss a glass um, at one of the servers at their head and I also had another person like toss like a load of dishes down the stairs uh, like, it was just <laughs> oh my God.
3: Like they were throwing glasses and throwing crockery down the stairs
10: yeah you yeah. sure, yes. you sure the food was just anything?
3: wasn't really bad <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you're blaming the full moon <laughs> <laughs> Anna, thanks Locked for that, that.
0: See you oh, later.
3: Good. Bye. Really bye. interesting, isn't oh, it? Bye. We're going to stick with New Zealand, actually, that Hannah mentioned there. This is incredible. This is from Pete, right? I worked at a high-end department store in New Zealand and this horrible rich snooty lady came in complaining about the 200 euro toaster she'd bought, which she claimed was emitting a terrible smell Mm. We took it back and sent it for repair, only to find out that her cat liked to sit on top of the toaster and urinate into it. (laughs) Safe to say she never returned to collect the toaster and I always wondered how many slices of toast she ate before bringing it into us.
7: Sure,
3: look at isn't that it? I'll take your silence as a yes. <laughs> All you gotta do is solve FF Melissa is currently running through a bog. Hey Melissa
2: Are you there?
7: Hi guys, how uh, are you? Sorry, we thought I you am. got sucked Hi. into the
2: bog there for a sec.
7: No, I'm still here. <laughs> what Why are you doing? would you be doing that? Because I'm out for a bit of exercise. Kids are gone to school, it's a lovely day.
3: It's nice it's and spongy to run on a bog, it's kinda nice and bouncy.
13: Well, there's a road that goes through the bog
3: bog. Yeah, I guess if the bog is dry It's nice and springy If it's wet, you mightn't come out of there No,
13: so I won't chance that And what's
3: the distance you're trying to put in today,
2: Melissa? What's
13: the difference?
2: No, the distance, like how far are you going to run? 8k 8k, very impressive You know, our call at the weekend did his longest run before the marathon Which was 32k Yeah, that's brilliant, I mean all of that Would you ever think about doing one?
14: Uh, no, I've done a half. Right. Maybe when the kids are a bit older,
2: so yeah.
13: of time, and you know, to be out training. So, ah,
2: sure, that's why Carl gets 10 it done. Time. Yeah, Carl's doing it <laughs> shirt child free, easy peasy for him. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we'd all be doing marathons. Oh, if wasn't totally, kids totally. Bloody children, <laughs> <stopping> us. <laughs> Melissa, FF, three hundred and fifty euro. What do you think?
13: Uh, fairy,
2: fort. Oh, fairy Oh Fairy fourth. Don't fort. get me started. Here he goes. What you love your fairy forts. Yeah,
3: of course I do. Part of our ancient heritage.
13: That's what made me think of it. Would
3: you you go out with a chainsaw, cut down the hawthorns in a fairy fort? If they're in the way of me building some kind of a shed, yeah. Or a motorway. He'd be cursed
2: by the fairies. (laughs) (laughs) I'd live with it. Melissa? Yes.
7: It's
2: wrong.
13: Oh no,
7: I'm
3: going to be so cold when I go home now after my run. I wonder if I had anything to keep me warm. <laughs> yeah, I can't see anything around here. Can
13: anyone see anything to keep me no, warm? No. no, I don't oh, know. I tell
3: you, I'm in here now because the aircon is always on too cold, so I'm wrapped in something which is a lovely Dermot and oh, Dave lap blanket. I'm,
13: I'm the coldest creature going, I really am. Very cozy, cozy now. Very cozy. Yeah
14: come
2: on Carl <laughs> or is it John who eats the buzzer oh we, it's it's, no, uh, it's just, AI it, yeah it's completely random. Depends, it depends on like if, if the computer decides and I mean oh,
15: oh, oh, oh. <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. A computer swayed by begging. <laughs> Who would have thought?
7: Uh, yes, Melissa,
3: you're going to have a Dermot and Dave lap blanket, which are very, very cosy. <laughs>
7: for all my future runs
10: now,
3: I'll be able to go home and wrap myself in my blanket. There the you day. are. All sorted, yeah. Melissa. See you
10: later. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. bye.
3: bye, bye, Maybe she could wrap the lap blanket in tinfoil and get that post-marathon feeling.
2: He's <laughs> wow, well, really uncomfortable. <laughs> 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 Aluminium foil wrapped around your body. You know those
3: things they throw around you at the end of a big race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Aaron Lawler's and Carlo, how are you, Aaron?
2: Morning, lads. You dri- not much. You driving a pink van to Clare?
10: Yeah, I'm driving a pink van to Clare and then I'm headed straight up to uh, Castle Baron and so. God, that's a big old drive. Yeah, it's a long road. I've, uh, I've been on the road since about six. I left the girlfriend's house at Wicklow, so uh, I'm nearly there.
2: And what time will you get home?
10: Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. We're well, Wh- going to Belfast tomorrow,
3: so that's, uh, that's Wh- part of the Wicklow job. to Clare, Clare to Galway, back home, and then up to Belfast tomorrow.
10: Yeah.
3: Wow. Are you on the yep. run? <laughs> <laughs> What's in uh, the van? Uh, so I go around the
10: country fixing uh, white format printers for a company called the Wow Inspiring Group, wow. formerly China Digital. What are you so fixing? That- uh, white format printers, so a lot of our customers wrap walls, cars, uh, general signage, all the good stuff. All right, so oh. printed out
2: basically big printers.
10: Big printers.
2: Big, gotcha, big, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You know? That's cool. And a pink van to go with it.
10: Pink van to go with it. I'll send you a picture for the Instagram. Do, do, do. Go let on. us
2: know what it looks like. Uh, tell us what FF stands for, Aaron. We'll give you €350. Euro.
10: Fingers crossed. Uh, I'm hoping FF stands for Falling Foliage.
2: Falling Foliage. Wonderfully picturesque. Do you know the Czech word for um, autumn is listopad, which means leaves fall. Isn't that nice? It is lovely. Listopad. <laughs>
10: That's a beautiful word. Yeah. What does it mean
2: in Irish? I <laughs> uh, don't remember autumn in Irish. Uh,
3: de, on four, isn't it? You could tell me anything, I'd say dera, yes. the Mont is Derefor and isn't, isn't the season on four?
0: <laughs> F O M H A R. So
3: convinced
2: in here. Come on, guys. You only studied blanking. it for eight
3: years. Eighteen. Oh, years Sorry, fourteen years. Whatever it is. And these people
6: are so. Young Am they I only right? did it a minute ago. Yeah,
3: F O Father M H A R. There yeah. you go. Top of the class. Bukal a yearmit. But
2: is uh, Aaron is, Lawler? Bukal
3: Alling. <laughs> is Aaron Lawler on Bukal awling
2: Aaron.
10: Yeah. <laughs> Me cat. Oh. Ah. Sorry, buddy. No, all right, drive guys. safely. Yeah, bye, be bye, safe. Bye. Bye bye. bye, bye. bye, bye.
3: Eva O'Connor is from Donegal. That's why she's so cool. Hello Eva. Hi, how
7: are you? We're
3: great. What's going on with you?
7: Not a lot, just at work here. Yeah. Everyone in the office listening
3: You're in an office and, and they're all listening yeah. to you on the phone now.
7: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, office. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> What's the name of the company, Eva?
7: It's called Motor Me and it's in the co-lab cool in Letter Motor Me. Yeah.
2: Right, and what do you guys do?
7: We do sales and marketing for B2B companies.
2: I see. Business to business. Yeah. All right, well, let's see if you can use your, you know, if you've, you've shortened your business to B2B, maybe you know what FF stands for.
7: Would it be Freaky Friday?
2: Freaky Friday, a movie I only watched at the weekend with my kids. I absolutely love Freaky Friday. Jamie Lee Curtis, Cahill's best friend. Yeah. And Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> uh, Freaky Friday, Eve O'Connor.
3: Is wrong. Ah oh. sorry, sorry but, office. But who's your who's your best friend in work? I'd
7: have to say
3: Kid and Sorsha.
7: and Sorsha. Kate and Sorsha
3: Sorsha, oh. right. You couldn't pick one favourite, but no. we, we all know it's Sorsha. <laughs> <laughs> have a great day.
7: Thanks so much. bye-bye.
3: Bye-bye. Have a great time doing what you're doing because you don't really understand what it is. Something sales and marketing for B2B, <laughs> motor me, don't know what any of that means. <laughs> Freaky Friday. Have you seen Freaky Friday?
2: It's so good. They do body, it's one of those body swap movies. Oh. Jamie Lee Curtis and Lindsay Lohan and then Jamie Lee Curtis has a wedding rehearsal and Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan has, <laughs> has a gig <laughs> in her cool punk, like school, high school band. And then her mum's has to be on stage because her mum's in her body. That's honestly, it's
3: brilliant. I remember it being a thing. But Lindsay is in Ireland at the moment, isn't she? Hello, Lindsay Lohan, if you're listening. I'm
0: shooting a movie in Temple Bar.
3: In Temple Bar. Oh, wow. Hi, Dan Dermott. Hi, Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) Oh, hi, Lindsay. You sound very far away.
0: I'm really small. I'm in Temple Bar. You're in Temple Bar. Okay.
3: And how's the film going?
0: Great. Really having a great time.
3: (laughs) Wow, you sound different to uh, Freaky Friday. Yeah, I put
0: voices on for movies. This is my real voice. Oh, that's your real voice? Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't
3: actually use it in movies. Oh, wow, you got quite loud there. <laughs> and so, uh, great. How are you enjoying Ireland? Yeah, I like it a lot. I like, like, like to have few pints and I like to eat food. Okay. burgers and... Uh, well, listen, we're going to have to let you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Hollywood celebrity. I know, Lindsay. Yeah, but we've stuff to be doing. Like, yeah. we've Angela Scanlon coming in. There's Dave's bad jokes. She's red haired as well. She does. Yeah, but yeah. fiery redheads, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah,
15: okay.
3: Okay, listen, great talking to you. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah, you'll
3: see, um... Good luck with the voice thing. <laughs> you
0: know, I'm fine in the movies. Just turn on the voice. Okay, look,
3: we really have to let you go now. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I great. I song. Great. Okay, cool. That's the Arctic Monkeys. <laughs> oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> it's Herman Dave and Lindsay Lohan, apparently. What's happening?
2: Some <laughs> <laughs> people are really enjoying uh, Lindsay Lohan. I'm
3: glad she did. Radio
2: Gold, you can't teach that, lads. No, I don't think that'll be part of the Today FM School of Radio. No, definitely not. And Declan and Mayo says, lads, great idea. Get Lindsay Lohan to do the Half Nine. How are you? <laughs> no. Definitely. that will be terrible. Uh, there, we were trying to guess uh, autumn. Guess, because we can't speak Irish. Hand, but you got it. On four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone uh, Shane says, yes, autumn is on four because the tr- leaves are falling from on trees. <laughs> That's how you oh, remember Oh, okay. Good work, Shane. <laughs> uh, what's winter? Angiri. Is that, am I right? Something like that, isn't it? It's on And sour, obviously, is summer. And yeah. spring? spring is... Is it On geary. yeah. Angiri, uh, yeah. An- anner? Anor oh, Anner's awesome. January. Spring, really? spring, spring. What's spring, Sean? Eirig? Eirig uh, E A R A I G H? <laughs> Errick. I right, it
3: doesn't ring a
4: bell. <laughs>
8: Wait, let
2: me
3: put it in. No, it is. Meal along, I think it is. No, there's just holes in our Gwelga. It's like Crocs. <laughs> Our guelga just falls out over time Because we haven't been doing enough of it We should be speaking more of it Oh no,
10: Sia The Story Today
14: FM
3: So every week we get someone in to tell us a story It could be a regular Today FM listener Or it could be somebody slightly more famous Today it is comedian Julie J, And she's joining us How are you?
11: Hi guys, how are you? We're
3: good, are you coming to us live from West Kerry?
11: Live from the beautiful West Kerry Thanks so much for chatting to me guys Not
2: at all, thanks for coming in and chatting to us Tell us about West Kerry, is it the kind of peaceful, idyllic land of solitude that we think it is Or is it just as busy as anywhere else?
11: oh it is do you know what it is it's a funny place West Kerry because during the summer it is just so hectic it is so busy and then the winter comes and it's just so quiet so this is probably my favourite time of the year in West Kerry it's just lovely and quiet you know it's really really nice Mm. and it's just nice to kind of chill after the summer but in saying that now it is you know obviously the one thing with West Kerry is it is so far it is a lot of driving in terms of gigs and stuff so that's the only maybe downside Mm.
3: Well you've got lots of gigs happening I know you're going to be in the Everyman in Cork On the 20th of this month
11: Yes that's my big gig So that's going to be happening the 20th Um, I'm very excited And then I have another couple of dates as well I'm going to be in Dublin in January And Belfast in January as well But the Everyman is the big one So I can't wait for that And how do you get tickets? You can get tickets on my Instagram, on my Twitter, on my website and obviously the Everyman.co- Everyman Cork as well have the tickets there too.
3: Class. Uh, well, Julie J, what's the story?
11: The story. So I thought this would be a good one because this is coming up to the three year anniversary of this story. So this story happened to me the 1st of November 2019. And I was in Dublin and I was just on Georgia Street there and I was at the ATM. And this is like the middle of the day. So I was at the ATM and I was just after putting my ATM card in. And then I hear this voice coming from the left saying, give us 50 euro there, will you? now my head said Julie you're getting robbed but my heart said Julie you're not getting robbed because this man's from Cork
15: okay it's
11: gonna be fine <laughs> so I turn and I see and this guy and he was actually like he was a good looking guy kind of a bit of a Gavin James I'd say especially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I look down and he, I see he has a compass in his hand so I knew things were serious because like nobody carries mathematical equipment so that's to use it so like and can I just say like this is you know like the middle of the day like this is a lot to process. You're kind of working out what's going on here. So I'm at the ATM and he repeats himself anyway. He says, give us 50 euros. So I went for the 50-year option. Now, looking back, he wasn't even standing that close to me, to be honest, guys. Like, I probably could have walked away. <laughs> but I guess you kind of you panic in the moment, yeah. don't you? So I went for the 50-year option. And then this is... <laughs> This is what happens next. So the next thing that happens is I hear the noise. Now, we've all heard this noise before, but this is not the time you want to hear this noise. I hear beep, 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 beep. And it flashes up on the screen. We are only dispensing cash in multiples of 20.
15: <laughs> <laughs> so you're
11: in a bit of a picture there. Because obviously, like, Gavin James now was very clear. Like, he's asked for 50 euros. So I'm really, like, I'm sweating now. Like, I am sweating. I'm on my own. It's the middle of the day. I'm at the ATM. It's like a question of now, do I round up or do I round down? It's <laughs> a <the> big question. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you guys would have done.
2: Oh, I would have legged it as soon as somebody said, Give us, I would have been gone. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah,
11: no. Like he was honestly, I'd say now honestly, he was about he was probably about four feet away. Like I probably oh. really could have legged it. I definitely had the opportunity. Well look, I decided to round up to the sixty euro. Okay. So it's kind of a split second decision. Now I'm a real overthinker. So Fred, my husband, is obviously, you know, blessed and probably a bit of an underthinker. I'm an overthinker. So between us we're a regular human. So I've had a lot of time to think back over this incident over the last few years and the next bit the only way I can explain what I did next was the fact that I'm Irish and I can't handle any like awkward silence at all like even (laughs) if I'm getting robbed so I (laughs) made some chit-chat with your man. So I just said to him, what part of Cork are you from? Clannacilty is so lovely in the summer because I do love Clannacilty. And he turns to me, on in, in the name of all that is Brittany, he turns to me and says, don't try to be funny. Which I think is still my best review yet. Like, forget the Irish Times, that is like five stars.
15: Right
11: after all, it felt like forever. Now, all of this, this probably only took a couple of minutes, but like it felt like forever to me. Like it just felt like for a very long time. So eventually the money is dispensed from the machine. So I take the three year notes and I hand them to Gavin James and he takes the money straight away, <laughs> obviously, like immediately with his right hand, like the hand he had the compass in. And then with this other hand, so he puts the money into his jean pocket and then with his other hand... He goes into the other jean pocket. This is 100% true on my life. Pulls out 10 euro <laughs> and hands it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and my immediate thought was, "Sound like what a nice guy! I didn't have to do that?
3: A robber who gives change?
11: Uh, I know, because and I was living in Rathmullan in Meade, um, at the time, Gavin Riley country, and I like it says a lot. It says how low the bar is for chivalry this day these days. When I went home to Fred that evening, and I was like, I'm after meeting such a nice guy in town. <laughs> Let me tell you about
15: him <laughs> I love it, Julie. <laughs> Brilliant."
3: Where can people find uh, tickets and all that? Where's your website or your Instagram or where do people so, go?
11: It's Julie J. Comedy. And my show, Oops, This Is Toxic, is on, as I said, in the Everyman on the 20th and in Dublin and Belfast. And it's about Brittany and no, she's misogyny. And it is, I know it doesn't sound funny, but it is very funny.
2: <laughs> right no doubt. Uh, Julie J., thanks so much for joining us. Talk soon. Thanks, guys. Bye.
14: Bye. The story. Today FM. Today's
3: world. <laughs> Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. Bad jokes edition.
2: Ashling stepping up to the plate. First joke. She says, Dave, bad news. Sting has been kidnapped. The police have no lead. Police have no lead. Very good, Ashling. Sean says, hey, hey, hey! Don't throw sodium chloride at people. That's assault. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Marie says I had to fire the guy I hired to mow my lawn he just wasn't cutting it <laughs> 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 see what it's creeping out <laughs> the office is creeping out it's Cre- Crevo says bars of soap are traditionally 10 centimetres by 7 centimetres or 4 inches by two and a half inches if you're using imperial leather <laughs> <laughs> um, no <laughs> imperial no leather. Not, you're not getting that one Kenneth says My little son Took his first steps This morning The window cleaner's furious <laughs> <laughs> He what? took his
0: first steps Oh the, the ladder the st- Yeah The steps away oh, okay. right from the guy yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Stephen says What I lack In vocabulary I make up for In um, Stuff And Things <laughs>
10: <laughs> uh,
2: William says Hey Dermot I've just seen
3: a 2,000 year old Oil stain nice. It was from Ancient Greece
6: <laughs>
3: I like ah. that
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jamie says My mate Alan Drives a truck Delivering hair care Products and cosmetics Around the country We call him L'Oreal <laughs> <laughs> L'Oreal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, good. that's good Peter said Did you hear what happened? You know my uncle Tommy, he evaporated. He'll be missed. <laughs> Tony says my pal asked me how much I spent in this bottle of wine. I said about ten minutes. <laughs> Jane says, "Oh, two spiders that live near the light in my back garden got married. Here's to the newly webs." <laughs> oh, come on. Come on! How did that make it in there? <laughs> Laura says, "Dave, some breaking traffic news: the M7 is blocked after a lorry shed its load of brightly coloured writing paper, butterfly stickers, and My Little Pony envelopes." Guardy say traffic is pretty stationary.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Murphogram says, "Don't want to sound big-headed, but does anybody have a triple XL hat I could borrow for tomorrow?" <laughs> And finally, Irene says, I am so embarrassed. Oh, God, I just got a snotty letter back from Screwfix. Apparently, they're not a dating agency.
0: <laughs>
2: Here's how it works I'm Dave, I play pieces of music to Dermot, and Dermot then performs uh, off the top of his head things he thinks suit. Those pieces of music, that's why it's called Say Stuff That Suits The Music. Not sure if it does always suit, but we'll
3: give it a go anyway. (laughs) Here we go. It's nearly Halloween. That means it's time to talk about Christmas. That's right. Just when you're in a panic about getting organised for Halloween and what the kids would dress up as, we want to freak you out by talking about Christmas, which you're not organised for at all. And even if you are one of those weirdos who is, this is actually an ad for Christmas 2024. You have no chance. Hi guys, what is up? Welcome to another review. Welcome to another review of things that I have in my house. You're gonna love this one. Like and subscribe. Just click below any of the information on the products. You'll find in the description below. Let's kick it off with my review of the new Apple Watch. It's quite good. See you next week, guys. <laughs> you
0: were working as Prime Minister in the government when I met you. You made a budget and blew up your economy And everyone wants to get rid of you Liz Truss,
16: Liz Truss
0: You made a hames of everything And it's funny to Irish people (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what that's a big horn, is it?
3: <laughs> what? Well, I said it's a big horn, is it? <laughs> John, you've been in the orchestra for f- five years now. It's not funny anymore. Ooh, he's well able to blow it, now, isn't he? <laughs> Wait a minute. He'll get his flute out. Sake. <laughs> Where is Toby the monkey? Can you see him? Is he up the tree? Maybe he's hiding behind the tree. Toby, where are you, you silly monkey? OK, uh, thanks to Barry from Bradley Financial there. Um, our next speaker at the Business Awards, uh, Tim O'Riordan. Watch out, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls.
6: There's
0: a brand so at it's a crazy. it's a gay, Panto, it's Cinderella, and Robin Hood, and Jack and the Beanstalk, and Snow White, and movie cars, all rolled into one amazing Panto, it's an so ordinary Panto,
2: it's an exhausting Panto.
3: Dave's World. Dave's world If we don't let him do it He gets ratty
2: Okay, so which member Of the Dermot and Dave team Would you like to live with? You probably already have A preference (laughs) And it's probably me Um, But let's see Because I'm going to set A challenge now To all of us, okay? (coughs) So this is from A guy called Gav on Twitter Thanks Gav And it was Michael On Twitter's tweet That Gav shared with me But basically It is six houses Okay And each house Has three things and you have to decide, Dermot and Dave team, and my, me included, mm-hmm. which house we would live in. You can play along at home as well, but okay. also then based on that, we'll see who people would like to live with. So in house one, you have Netflix, blankets, and unlimited snacks. That's in house one. Mm-hmm. They're the three okay. things. That's where house. Dave is.
15: Yeah.
10: <laughs> Absolutely. We <laughs> don't where need I to
2: go to the other houses. <laughs> no, because you'll hear the first thing in house two. You'll know I'm in house one. House two. Country walks A fire pit Which Dermot is a recent convert to And unlimited wine oh. <laughs> Ding 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 House three A private beach mm. A home gym mm. Pizza and beer Okay I, I know who's in house three <laughs> I'm looking at I'm gonna call House four Swimming pool In house Starbucks an unlimited chocolate. Oh. God, Sean's so making noises. Tough. It is so, tough. <laughs> so is tough. Can we mix and match? No, yes. no, 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 you can't. These are specifically that that's this is the difficulty with this. House five, mountain views, a garden and a hammock, and scenic walks. I'm looking at you, Wheelan. <laughs> He's going back to Go. the unlimited wine. Can <laughs> you yeah, throw in the chocolate at least? House six, a library. Blech a hot tub and a home cinema Mm. Mm. okay so look while you're thinking I will categorically say I'm in house one Netflix blank is unlimited snacks that's my life anyway okay (laughs) there's nothing I actually live in house one as we speak but anybody got in and call your house three so call is house three that's the private beach home gym pizza and beer okay uh, anybody else? No, that was, to us. By and what, what was us? two and three again. Okay, two was country walks, fire pit, unlimited wine. Mm, yeah. <laughs> four That's was like swimming pools, Starbucks, <laughs> and unlimited chocolate. Five was the mountain view, the garden, and the hammock, and the scenic walks. Six was the library, hot tub, and home cinema.
5: Definitely not six.
4: I can't decide between two and four.
5: Oh, I'm two and three.
4: I feel like if I pick two, it'd be like you're a middle-aged I, woman.
3: I feel like I'd like to live with <laughs> the scenic the scenic walks one most of the time, but yeah. then I'd like to go to the one with the wine and the fire pit <laughs> on occasion.
5: Okay. <laughs> right, well, I'll take the <laughs> one with the wine and the fire pit, and you can come visit me in my house. Okay, the thought,
2: I, I think you're like, this is to live, so this is most of your life. Okay, I'll, I'll go for the mountains
3: view. I like the mountains one. Okay,
4: Carl is in three. Emer, you're going two? Oh, I'll take two. Holiday. And I'm going to go four because it's coffee, and that's how you live yeah. your best life. Life, drinking coffees
3: <laughs> I thought the
2: in-house Starbucks would sway yeah. Sean alright well let us know on 87 you have to pay 102? 580
3: for a coffee <laughs> <laughs> even though is, it's in your house is, is the
4: coffee iced <laughs>
3: Look, does I the think the it
2: cup? if it says in-house Starbucks I think you can basically assume that it's yours. You don't well, have to... But do they to.
5: switch it over at Christmas then and give you the red cups? These pa- are the questions. I think
2: pumpkin spice happens around oh, Halloween. Oh, you know, I think all the things. It's, star- it's not... It doesn't say coffee. It says in-house Starbucks. Starbucks. I'll have so- such
4: girl boss energy. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> so let us know Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. which house would you like? Are you with Dave, with me, in Netflix me. blankets and snacks? Yeah. Are you in uh, house two with Emer, Country Walks, the fire pit and limited wine? Are you in House 3 with Col, Private Beach, Home Gym, Pizza and Beer? Uh, is Sean is in House 4, Swimming Pool, in House Starbucks, Unlimited Chocolate. Mountain Views, Garden and Hammock and Scenic Walks is where you'll find Dermot Whelan. And nobody went for House 6, which is the library, the hot tub and the home cinema you're starting mm. to regret Hot your choice are, yeah. are rank just people soup <laughs> let us know on 87 which of those houses would you choose to live in uh, and we'll get back to a few of them in a few minutes time right, we were doing Dave's World there a minute ago we were talking about these different houses uh, that uh, Gav sent us Um
3: there well, there six different houses Sean was telling us you know his house has a uh, Starbucks in-house in Starbucks
4: yeah yeah Sean was just telling us tell everyone how many espresso martinis did you have one night so I went to London with two of my friends before and it was our first time ever having them and we sipped an espresso martini and we're like oh these things are really cool so we ordered seven in a row
2: (laughs) sorry it's not seven between three of you seven each Uh, seven each (laughs) 21
4: espresso martinis (laughs) we didn't sleep for about two weeks oh god it was terrible
2: (laughs) well this is the choice the in-house Starbucks is in Sean's house so basically if you haven't heard the James World there a few minutes ago basically this is six different houses <laughs> they all have different ingredients Sean's house House 4 has got a swimming pool in-house Starbucks and unlimited chocolate Call. everyone wants to live with you House 3 is by far and away the most popular private beach home gym pizza and beer not many people voting for Dermot's mountain views garden and hammock and <laughs> scenic walks House 1 with Netflix blankets and unlimited <laughs> snacks is where you'll find me a lot of people liking that one as well Laurie's on the phone from Trim hi Laurie
0: hello how are you
2: good how are you
14: yeah, good, good.
2: That's, now, uh, uh, of those six houses that you heard, have you one that stands out for you? Oh, definitely
14: number uh, number
2: three, Carlos house, for sure. All right, so you want to live in the house that has the private beach, the home gym, and the pizza and beer. 100%. Yeah, yeah, <laughs>
14: nothing like a good workout and
13: then a pizza and a beer afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> on the beach. On, got, the beach.
3: <laughs> on the beach, yeah, in fairness. Good bit of balance in that house, I think, you know, because you get, you're getting your scenery... You're getting your treats But Mm. then you're also you got the gym in there as well To to make up for it And that's not a trim accident, Laurie
14: No, no, I'm from the States I've I've been here for over 20 years
2: Ah, sure, uh, you're one of us So we welcome you with open arms Whereabouts in the States Were you originally from? Uh,
14: Originally from California And then I moved to Texas And then I was making my way Over here to Ireland I married an Irishman
3: There you go It's always the love That drags you over the water Texas seems to be very popular At the moment for people To go live in there
14: yeah, well, yeah, no,
7: I don't think I'd go back to Texas. No? No. Um, no well,
3: yeah. Austin seems to be quite a progressive city. Yeah,
7: that's actually where I, I actually live, yeah. Oh. That's, uh, that's what, where I met my husband.
3: Why would you not go back? Because uh, the rest of the state? <laughs> yeah, you
14: know, Austin is, is crazy now. It's not the Austin that we once knew it, you know, it's
3: it's crazy. Crazy in what sense?
14: Well, there's just lots of traffic, there's lots of building going on, there's lots more people It's just, um, you know, I, I kind of like the country a little bit better
2: than you know, the city. Right. Well your house, the private beach, the home gym and the pizza and beer is waiting for you. Carl's going to get a mortgage now that the rates have been relaxed he's going to buy all that and sort you out. Alright, Laurie? Perfect. Sounds
7: great.
2: Thanks. Alright, see you later. Bye. Bye, Bye now. It was so terrifying <laughs> Like... The, the unleash of hell from the skies.
3: Do you not just find it exciting?
2: Well, I don't really particularly mind it, I suppose, but I just know from my kids, for example. So yesterday, my twin daughters are in two separate classes in their school. And what happened was the teachers moved the kids away from the windows. They put all their desks like in the middle of the room and they put on a movie at full volume because so many of the kids, who are they're in like second class they're not like tiny junior infants babies but they were all bawling and crying and some <laughs> of the parents had to be called up and to take the kids home they were so afraid
3: and this is Irish thunder yeah like we think that's scary have you ever been abroad and you hear a belt of like what we associate to be movie thunder yeah that big proper <laughs> like that and that would shake out of your bed yeah um, so I think the thunder we get here although it can be you know make you jump at times it's a bit a cr- bit more crack Well speaking of bed Last night
2: I Had conversations with the two girls Who are seven And said look You're in your bedroom Curtains are pulled mm. Blinds are down Your little night light That spins stars around your ceiling is on Your Beatrix Potter audiobook You're fine Two minutes After I walked out of the room Can we both sleep with you daddy <laughs> Like okay, fine. I had to kick my wife out. She went down to their room with the spinny lights and the bunk beds. Did I want to sleep with mummy No, I want to sleep with daddy. But the, the foolish thing that they didn't realize and I didn't cop on is, I sleep in the attic. Our bedroom's upstairs, and we have skylights in the attic. We never pulled the blinds on. So while they were with their protective daddy, they were also getting the full light show <laughs> and the massive. Thought yeah. they were absolutely breaking it. Eventually fell asleep about half ten and then uh, thankfully he <laughs> kicked me out of the bed all night. So.
3: I decided to pick the worst day in the world to drive to Galway. Oh my God. So I left the show here yesterday, drove down to Galway uh, to teach meditation and de-stressing to 400 school principals. Wow. Uh, down in the Gaulment in Galway. And had a stress-free drive, I'm sure. It was like I used every technique I teach uh, on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> um, and although I think I actually stressed out Maria more Because oh. uh, Maria, our producer If you're new to the show She's on maternity leave And she lives in Eden Derry, Which is on the N4 And I hadn't seen little baby Fiat oh, Since yeah. she arrived So I was like Oh, uh, I could just call in and see Maria So I put her into this sat-nav And it was like I'm 15 minutes away from her house So I rang her and went um, I know when you have a baby like spontaneity isn't that popular but would, would it be okay if I just called in and she's like oh my god my house is a complete mess <laughs> I was like I won't stay long I promise I won't look at any of the mess so and no, I don't like, a,
2: she would have wanted to go and get biscuits specific Dermot biscuits to uh, have for oh, a cup of like, tea and everything she is
3: house proud she does not like people landing in on top of her uh, but I just thought I'm never going I need to go and see the baby <laughs> yeah, fairness so, uh, so you saw yeah, baby she, Fia. she was a bit more stressed out I did and I so cuddled. Gorgeous. yeah she is lovely and uh, then yeah but it was a lightning show full-on lashing rain all the way down to Galway. And all the way back Yeah And of course Galway traffic doesn't need any help in getting any worse No Uh, So uh, I arrived in a few minutes later than I thought I was going to be "Ah,
0: ah, Hi I'm the guy uh, to teach you how to (laughs) (laughs) de-stress
2: Well here's the thing The bad news is that all of the weather The wet weather hasn't lifted So yes today it seems quite mild In fact the mildness is one of the reasons why we're getting the storms But it's dry enough Seems to be good But Alan O'Reilly from Carlo Weather He's been on to us to let us know what's actually going on.
12: Good morning, gentlemen. Well, I hope you enjoyed nature's little show of lightning. It certainly was very impressive lightning strikes yesterday. Made for some torrential downpours as well. A bit of a respite today and temperature's actually up to 18 degrees. It's almost get the short weather. But it will turn wet again this evening, I'm afraid. And it's going to stay unsettled. More rain through the night and into tomorrow. Very breezy Friday. Very showery Friday. Still mild. Saturday looks a bit better, especially in the east and the south of the country. Might hold off, just the odd shower. Wet in the northwest, though. Still mild, still up to 17 degrees as well. Sunday, though, is looking rather wet again, with more rain spells of showers and heavier rain at times. Mondays also wet, but it's mild, so at least the heating bills are low. Um, so yeah, enjoy the uh, the mild, if little times wet weather.
3: Right. Yeah. So Saturday good, Sunday not so good. That's uh, important news for golfers now. I'll I bl- might try and get out on Saturday then. Important news
2: for the under eleven Saturday team will probably get their game, but the under nine mm. girls Sunday team looks like that's going to be a struggle up against Railway well, Union. Frankly, they don't deserve it the way they've been
3: <laughs> the way they've been playing recently. They're better <laughs> off taking a week out. Shelly and Malan says lads, I love a good old lightning storm. Get me a chair.
2: up bottle of wine and snacks Yeah I think maybe as as an adult Maybe you can enjoy it
3: I'm just thinking of the kids It never wears off The excitement of seeing lightning And I think it's because it literally is a flash You don't don't get to properly enjoy it And you're like Oh I wonder what I Oh there it is I saw the fork Did you see the fork Yeah that's the thing Because usually we get
2: sheet lightning Which is just that thing Where Mm. the skylight's up white Whatever But we got full on fork lightning And in fact As I was saying there a minute ago if you see the, um, the wind turbine off Arklow, that was hit by Fork Lightning, mm. went on fire. And it's just like you could see it from the coastline
3: of Arklow, the, the thing was burning away. There are certain things that, even as you get older, never stop being exciting. Lightning, thunder, fire engines. <laughs> He's right, you know. Christmas trees. Yes. And I wonder what else you could add to the list. 087-4100-102 for text and whatsapps uh, what do you think uh, always remains exciting as you get older and also what were you up to yesterday how did you get on did you enjoy it like as most of our texters or you my... and the dog hiding in the cupboard under the stairs my 10 year old daughter had to
2: play a GAA match at 2pm yesterday because the other side wouldn't agree to postpone and we couldn't give in to a walkover <laughs> from a shocked parent in Dublin they were still holding their ground though they wouldn't just go off. Oh, Don't you
3: have to at some point, team? It's it's actually unsafe to be out playing in in, a th- in lightning, thunder and lightning. Ah,
2: ten-year-olds—they should be out
3: there playing no matter what. They're so low to the ground they can actually, you know, they, they, they can take the bolt.
2: I was teaching piano to school kids in a church all day yesterday. So freaked out with all the thunder and lightning, I was a nervous wreck when the time I got home. they'll uh, keep your text coming in. Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. What a day yesterday, Mandy's in Galway, she was in it. Hiya, Mandy.
7: Hiya.
2: How was things yesterday?
14: Uh, oh, well, it's Galway, so it's always not
2: great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're guaranteed a slush of weather there, all We're right. um, you, looking you, at
14: like half the year of rain.
2: Yeah, you grew up in the Cayman Islands.
14: Yeah, that's where I'm from.
2: All right, so, uh, thunder and lightning, more impressive, that neck of the woods around the equator?
14: Yeah, so I had, uh, my son is seven, and I had him and some of his friends in the house yesterday. And I was shocked, absolutely. The kids were freaking out. And I was like, that's, what's the problem? (laughs) Because I could thunder. I'm like, that's not really thunder, guys. <laughs> you're like uh, your
2: man in Crocodile Dundee. That's not a knife. This is a knife.
6: You know,
14: when when the house is blown in, then it's thunder. Or when you have to get out, you have to get out of the ocean because it's thunder and lightning. That's the pain in your butt. But, right. Yeah, no, uh, my son doesn't bat an eyelid, but the kids were absolutely, like, almost in tears.
2: And he's only seven, so does he? Has he just kind of got it genetically from you? Then
14: <laughs> I think I think I ruined him genetically, where he just doesn't even pass any heat.
3: <laughs> um, but I, it is—it's a different beast, uh, thunder and lightning. You know, in in particularly hot climates, and it's just—it's just not the same. What we get here is kind of a a rumble compared to it. But you can—I mean—you can understand why, in you know. Centuries gone by people thought it was you know the gods getting angry and stuff because it the proper stuff is really terrifying
14: No the proper stuff like when you're and especially if on your you're on an island you know and you're surrounded by water <laughs> and you know the the cannon fire almost that it sounds like when when you have it you think oh, that's the word that but the, the, the place is caving in and um, but you just get used to it like it's not I used to have a dog I, I was in America for a while and I had a dog but I used to have the drugs because yeah. you couldn't deal with the
2: thunder I heard that even this morning that there are these pheromones you can give to your animals pets around Oh, those this didn't work I oh, had right. to go
14: full on like, like sedation. anxiety medicine yeah. oh god the
2: poor
3: thing uh, but I know my own dog Buddy was freaking out yesterday and yeah. I think it was his first kind of experience of it of uh, proper thunder and lightning and how did you get from Cayman to Galway
14: uh, my my ex husband. So I moved here in two thousand six, and I never left. <laughs>
3: well, we're glad to have you. Obviously, you don't mind the rain, and you don't miss the sunny Cayman weather too badly.
14: Uh, I definitely miss the sun.
6: <laughs> You're not getting
14: much <laughs> but, of that in Galway. Um, yeah, no. I mean, it's it's definitely it's it's a change, but sure. You know, you just it's a great place to raise kids. So you just pick and choose. Yeah. You know? yeah. Or you could be in forty degree weather your whole life and. Sweat every time you walk out of the house and you have to shower seventeen
2: times a day. Or yeah. you know, yeah, humidity is not something we give much credit to, but it is absolutely oh. huge in those areas. All right. Oh
14: no, like, and we didn't have air conditioning growing up, so it was like you right. walk out, you dry yourself
2: off, and you'd be wet again. <laughs> Mandy, thanks, for being
14: here for the call today. All right, good luck, guys. See you later. Bye, bye, bye.
2: Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. Helicopter flying over the house is getting votes for something. That's always exciting. Yes. A snow day. Yes. Lighting a campfire never gets old. Or waving at trains. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or how about when the dog comes into the classroom or
2: the ah, office? Stop it. That's always fun. Talking about things that never get old. You know, puppies, taking off in an airplane, seeing a helicopter over your house, or meeting enormously famous movie stars. We've done it so often, but it never gets old. He's a t-
3: top earning actor on Forbes' list of highest paid entertainers in 2022. Coming in at number four with An estimated annual salary of $270 million That's a a lot of money That's a year Uh, He makes about $20 million a movie And you'll know him from films like The Fast and Furious franchise Moana, Jumanji uh, Huge, hugely popular films in our house Baywatch, Red Notice The list goes on and on You're, You're about to know him From his venture into
2: the DC Universe As Black Adam Have a listen to this
16: I was a slave until I died. Oh. <laughs> then I was reborn a god. <laughs> My son sacrificed his life to save me.
0: Over fire!
16: Lord, 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 Lord. Now, I kneel before no one.
8: In this world, and they're heroes. I feel the pain of
0: my city wherever heroes.
8: I go. And they're villains. Heroes don't kill people. Well, I do.
2: <laughs> the Rock, ladies and gentlemen, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, is Black Adam. And I was lucky enough to catch up with Dwayne and have a big chat all about the movie. Good to see you, Dave. And you too. Uh, Let's start off. What an incredible role to to finally be able to jump into. A hero, an anti-hero, a god, a father, an imperfect, everything, but yet he commands the screen. How is it to be Black Adam?
16: Man, Dave, it's a dream come true. Um, And that's not hyperbole. This has been a 15-year journey. I've worked really, really hard, man, and I have fought to make this movie truly for 15 years. Uh, So here we are Feels so good uh, to be Black Adam. Feels so good to release the movie to the world, and it also feels good, you know, because I'm such a fan of the DC universe. It feels good to um, open it up and and yeah, and introduce fresh characters and new blood to the DC universe and the DC fans. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this. Um, do you think the way
2: Black Adam is in this movie on our screens today? Is very different than how he would
16: have been 15 years ago. A great question. I do, in many ways. I think that. Well, first of all, uh, while 15 years ago was when we first announced that I was going to be Black Adam, if we would have made the movie, say, 14 years ago, uh, 15 years ago, um, I I was in a different place in my life. I was a different guy back then. You know, I've gone through a great, (laughs) a lot of stuff, as we all do, over the course of 15 years. Um, so I think the movie would have been different. I, I don't believe that I would have, because I just didn't have it, Dave. Like I had gone through just life ups, downs, divorce, babies, yep. you name it. So I was able to bring all that to this character today, 15 years ago. He would have been, it would have been a different kind of movie for sure. Yeah. Um, one of the
2: greatest things I think about Black Adam, the character is he has all of the powers of, you know, the biggest super, he's all the powers of Superman but he's also got no morals. He's like, I will kill you if I need to kill you. I love that about Black Adam.
16: I love that too. And that, that was one of the compelling things about Black Adam. When I was a kid, I saw my first Black Adam comic book and I, and I love that then. Um, but as I got older, you start to realize, you know, there's a lot of people can see a little bit of themselves in Black Adam, you know, uh, even philosophically, you may disagree or, or agree with them, sure. but at the end of the day, I think you understand. I love that idea about him. He has all the powers of Superman, uh, but of course, Superman won't kill anyone. He brings them to justice, yes. but Black Adam feels differently. He, he thinks, well, how about we end the bad guys now so they don't <laughs> continue to do bad things down the road? I have
2: to say, I'm seeing
16: some seeing some things I agree with there, yeah. <laughs> and is it true that somebody tried to put
2: you in one of those pumped-up muscle suits <laughs> before... Like, who is brave-slash-stupid enough to say to The Rock, you know what I think you need? More fake muscles. <laughs> <laughs>
16: yeah, you don't have enough now. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, man, you can imagine what that was like. Um, and here's the thing, I can't knock our guys because... They're the best suit makers in, in the world. They make all the suits, DC, Marvel, and and but all those suits have muscle padding in them. Yep. Uh, and when I got it, they naturally put muscle padding in mine. You can imagine how ridiculous I looked with <laughs> muscle padding on top of, you know, already a little bit of muscle that I do have. Uh, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. It just looks so bad. So I asked them to remove it. They did. Um But I also, it it worked as like a forcing mechanism because I really wanted to come in great shape and fill out the suit myself. So what you see on screen is me filling out that suit.
2: Well, you must have worked really hard because, I mean, look, we know what great shape Dwayne The Rock Johnson is usually in, but in Black Adam. And and the suit is so... I mean, it's so, compared to superheroes, it's so flimsy. I mean, it's literally it's you. You know what I mean? That's it's. it's, <laughs> it, it's there, there are
16: several yeah. people who could do it. I think you're maybe one of them. Thank you. It, it's <laughs> it's kind of thin. Yeah. So. Yeah, it is. It is.
2: <laughs> uh, look, as an Irishman, I have to ask this question: What is it like to work with one of our finest ever exports, Mr. Pierce Brosnan?
16: Man, I was going to bring him up. I'm glad you brought him up. I I I love Pierce. He. um... He, I, I every time we hug <clears throat> I give him a big kiss on the cheek and then he'll He likes to turn his head and he and he like really pushes his head against my forehead man it's right really awesome I, I love that guy he is I've admired him and his career for so long and finally to be able to work with Pierce um, was truly uh it was a real it was a real honor and also Doctor Fate in in this world of comic book superheroes at the JSA you, you have to have an elder statesman who has that gravitas and power yeah. and that is pierce man he walks on set he is it it's when he when i first met pierce um i realized ah that's why you're a bond gotcha. that's why you can command a screen and and in addition to his prowess on screen what a lovely guy. I really love that guy. And he lives in Hawaii, you know, and, and I yep. love Hawaii too as well. So he told me something the other day I'll never forget. I, I want to share it with you because I feel like people of uh, Ireland would appreciate this. I saw him backstage and I was getting ready to, we were crossing paths and I was getting ready to go do an interview. <clears throat> I gave him a big hug and a kiss. And as I was walking away, he grabbed me and turned and he said, be bold. Be bold. I said, wow, man, thank you for saying me. He goes, Be bold. <laughs> Just the way Pierce yes. again. <laughs> Um Where do you think Black Adam ranks
2: I mean you said it's a labor of love We all know how long you've wanted to be Black Adam Where do you think this ranks in
16: importance in your career David Black Adam is the most important movie I have ever done Really And and that's And I mean that respectfully For all the hard work that my team And all of us have put in with other movies in the past All, all movies I feel have led to this role in Black Adam. It's the most important. It is the biggest role. It's the biggest movie. And um, I would say it's the most important because throughout my career, I've been very fortunate. And if I see something that I like, I'm in a position where I could go to my studio partners and say, let's make this film. I think a lot of people around the world are going to enjoy it. And it's worth the investment and the commitment. With Black Adam years ago, I had a very challenging time getting the studio to see past the Justice League. Of course. They had just Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and, and, and Flash and Aquaman, yeah. who I love. But, I mean, for over a decade, that's what they concentrated on. I said, if you could just look past the Justice League, in the DC Bible, there's some really cool characters that yes. you should look in, you should look at. So it was... Yes, a labor of love, Black Adam, but also it's a reflection, I think, of just resiliency and not giving up on something. They came to me 10 years ago and they said, you know, before we go down the road and start spending money on developing Black Adam, would you like to take another look at any of the other characters in the DC world for you to play? And I said, I really appreciate that, but my answer is no it has to be black adam it's got to be black adam and i deeply believed in it so here we are so that's why I it's really the most important one
2: you can tell from watching this you really can't tell and listen my kids would kill me if i didn't say a quick hello to maui and to dr bradestone we love you and everything you
16: do uh, so, feel, what, are you, what are your kids names
2: uh they're andrew and sam who are two boys and nina and Anna, who are twin girls so nina, i got my hands full Anna,
16: andrew sam you got your hands full man what can i say except you're welcome you're such a gentleman Uh, Dwayne thank you so much really appreciate you talking to me today thank you thank you buddy good to see you take
2: care bye bye in the movie Black Adam there's a group of people called the Justice Society of America the JSA four incredible superheroes two of which are Hawkman and Dr. Fate and they are played by Aldous Hodge and our very own Pierce Brosnan we got to catch up with the lads
3: good to meet you Dermot good to Mm -hmm. meet you Dave doing very very good
10: Good. Great.
3: Uh, great to hear it. Uh, actually, Pierce, I think you own one of my missus's paintings. I do? Which
17: one is that now? <laughs> so, a missus? It's a it sounds
3: like he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to know. give that back. Uh no, it's a it's a picture of a of a window. Um I, I know it sounds really vague, yeah. but wow. like a window and a window sill. <laughs> I love that painting on it.
17: I have that by my bed. I it <laughs> Yes, it's called window painting. Yeah, she she did with poster paints
2: when she was four, and Pierce still has it beside his bed now. (laughs) There
17: you go. Send her my love and best wishes.
2: Uh, Pierce, uh, Irishman, Irishman, obviously, you know we love you, but Aldous, I mean, I got to say, MC Ren, straight out of Compton, I know it's a different movie, but I absolutely loved you in that, and it's great
8: to meet you. Likewise, nice Mm -hmm. to meet you. I'm feeling a little short on the accent here. Like, everybody's got (laughs) a accent except for me. I want to join the club at some point. Well, we
2: feel the other way around, you know, we we love yours. Uh, what, what's it like to jump into a, a superhero? Is this something you wanted to do, Aldous, all, all your career, be a big screen
8: superhero? Uh, it's something that came around when I was like uh, 19, 20, you know, when I mean, I grew up on the comics and when I started seeing the movies really, really kick off and start, start going in. Um, yeah, I always wanted to, to join I think it was probably after I saw Blade, you know, and I was like, man This is cool, something I want to do So um, it's been It's been a long journey of trying to pursue This particular genre field And to be able to join This team and to be in this Film in this way Man, it's it's the best way it could have Happened for me, I'm grateful, you know It took a while, but I understand now Why, you know patience is You know, it's key <laughs> and it's actually
3: a lovely time to be involved with superhero movies because if it was 80s and 90s, there would have been far more spandex involved. Now, was like, P- Pierce, your your
17: costume in this is phenomenal. It, it is. It is truly phenomenal. But to, to get this phenomenal costume, <laughs> I had to jump into a mocap suit, which I think is a movie unto <laughs> itself. <laughs> and you have to, uh, we need the behind-the-scenes. Uh, you know, just... <laughs> just acting the goat really you <laughs> uh, you see these photographs i'm sure as time goes oh, on and as the oh. movie everybody gets accustomed to it i shall release a photograph here and there of me in a motion capture suit with my skinny skinny aristocratic irish ankles
2: <laughs> <laughs> we all have them and which which one of you has the best helmet though
8: that's a debate. That's a debate. They're both you know so beautiful. what? beautiful. They're awesome. I think we should let the fans pick that one. But, man, that's a debate because they're both really incredible.
3: They really are, yeah. And it is a tricky world to step into, isn't it, in terms of the fans? Because it's almost, you know, you wonder, the cart and horse keep swapping sides because it seems like, particularly when it comes to comics and superhero films, it's very much fan-driven. I, mm-hmm. I mean, Alice, if you, I presume if you log on and, and just Google stuff about your character, you're finding out about sequels and movie roles, you know, and and appearances in future films that no one has actually told you about yet, but the fans have
8: decided this is what's happening. I will tell you this, number one rule of thumb as an entertainer, you never want to Google a damn thing. Trust (laughs) me. Don't don't Google yourself. Don't Google what you're doing. Yes, fans have uh, their own theories. Uh, Some of them are a little crazy, but, uh, man, the fan love is is awesome. And, and you know, what? yeah, when it comes to films like this, you think it is fan-driven, but... I mean, this film was created by a fan, you know, by a team of fans. Uh, DJ's been a fan of the DC world for a while. He's been a fan of Shazam's, I mean, uh, Black Adam since he was a little kid himself, right? Mm -hmm. So you got somebody who's in the club who's pushing this ship along. So you're going to get an incredible story that the fans are going to love because it's coming, you know, it's for them, by them, from them.
2: Yeah, Pierce, there's a lovely relationship between your two characters in this movie. Please tell me you're not just the best actors in the world and that this does extend to off-camera as well.
17: (laughs) We are the greatest actors in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Hodge and Mr. Brosnan here. We are the most magnificent actors. I don't know, we just hit the ground, running. Aldous and I. We were just having lunch there, talking about it. Yeah. well, last week we were there in, in uh, New York watching the spectacle on a big screen. And yeah. It was just it was so delightful to see the two of us up there working away, and we didn't really talk about it. We didn't sit down and have any in-depth conversations about our characters this and the motivation. Out. We kind of read read the script, said the lines, kept it simple, and enjoyed the company of each other. And, you know, all this made me real you know made me because of and likewise, his, his performance his strength of performance and his strength of character and humanity just was evident there and these men you know these characters have known each other for for eons yeah. and um so you know you you just try and keep it as simple and sincere as possible mm-hmm. and will you
2: bring aldous to ireland and show him around then
17: yep I doubt we will at some point kind of get out there into the old sod and have a few pints down there at the horseshoe bar. It good. Good?
8: Because the food is great. Okay, cool. The food food is
17: great now. I mean, (laughs) you you (laughs) won't be
8: paying attention
2: to the food. Trust
17: us. (laughs) 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 It's it's glorious. I'm going back there. I'm, I'm coming home again here at the end of the year to do a lovely film great letters of love so you'll you'll see this mug of mine down grafted
2: look look forward to it look forward to it Um, what about more uh, JSA is there going to be more Justice Society movies
8: I mean can you guys tell us anything please say yes honestly that's up to the fans you know I mean we would love to extend the the stories you know beyond this point but right now it's about Black Adam and you know if the fans dig it they love and they want more we would be more than happy to give them more but it's in the hands of the fans. Fair. Yeah, and we look forward to uh, seeing
3: you in, in Comic Con at some point because isn't that kind of a rite of passage you just <laughs> you well, have to sort we, of we, make yourself available
8: year, and uh, would love to actually go back you know it would be awesome to go back next year after the film is out and just to see kind of what the reception is but yeah, I'm a yeah. Be really special
17: uh, yeah, well, well look guys back.
2: thank you so much for talking to us thank today. You.
8: Thanks a million no, thank it's you. Really
17: good to talk to you All the best.
3: Dave's world, Dave's world, if we don't let him do it, he gets ratty.
2: Okay, the 1967 Outer Space Treaty forbids nations from doing what?
4: I I mean, clues in the title, it's not on Earth. I thought it was something to do like, and I know this sounds outlandish, but like you can't blow up the sun or the moon because, you know... (laughs) You know what's the stop someone well, doing? That something
2: you can't send. <laughs> sorry, sorry. We I just have to go back to Sean saying you're not allowed. Someone had needed the law to say you're not allowed to blow up the sun. Something that we would even <laughs> remotely be able to do. And if we did, all civilization would end instantly. So it's probably a good treaty to have. But yeah, I think Vladimir would have a good yeah, go. At it. I don't thinking. think yeah. anybody has enough power to blow up the sun in any capacity whatsoever. Maybe, but anyway,
3: are there? Are we not allowed? Send Liz Truss into space, no matter how bad she is at her job. Yeah, even in 1967, they knew that this
2: is something we needed protection against. No, it's actually, it forbids any nation from owning the moon. <laughs>
3: Sorry, you have to tell people what happened just there. What happened just there? Did you see that? No. <laughs> I have a little toy. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract you. It's a Halloween toy. You okay. press it down. You know, that you press it down and oh, then you I wait remember them. And then it pops up in the air. Okay, Well, will wait now it's, hey! it it's, it's a very good pop uh,
2: Can we focus back on me now for a minute? Sorry, 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 sorry. The annual number of worldwide shark bites Is ten times less than the number of, sh- of human bites In which city? New York Yes Ten times more people are bitten by humans in New York City Than are bitten by sharks in around the whole world every year and we give out about sharks They make, make movies about Jaws We should be making movies about the crazy people in Why New York are we all biting each other? Wow. I don't know Dermot, you like ancient things You studied archaeology Hang around with you, don't I? Hey! Oh! <laughs> the oldest customer complaint Dates back to ancient Mesopotamia uh, It was written on a 4,000 year old I'm going to say a word I don't really know Cunef, cuneiform tablet. Cuneiform tablet It's one of the earliest
3: examples of writing in the world, if okay. not the
2: earliest. Well, then somebody took the the time to learn how to write for the first time ever, and they moaned. A customer <laughs> review, a TripAdvisor or a Yelp <laughs> review, said, uh, "I was sold inferior copper ingots by this guy." So <laughs> he, he could have written. Cowboy boy, I mean, builders! Yeah, we, had, we hadn't written anything as a as a civilization. Here Here is the cuneiform tablet You have It is yours to write what you will John Walsh Sold me
10: Inferior (laughs) copper
2: ingots (laughs) Um, The Queen of course has passed But to ensure the Queen received her food on time All clocks In the Royal Kitchen At Windsor Castle Were set five minutes ahead Should I do the same thing in my car?
4: Yeah Yeah but what Like don't you realise then that Oh well I actually have five minutes I would think so Will you? Hang on, how far ahead is your clock set in your car? It,
3: it was accidental, but I kept it It's at least three minutes It's three and a half minutes fast Oh my god, and he's so late for everything <laughs> imagine, if yeah, imagine, imagine if it was actually set on time Imagine
4: if it was on time Listen,
3: <laughs> shut up
2: <laughs> <laughs> I win, this is so cool, this is so cool <laughs> When you use your inner voice yes. So when you're walking down the street going I really need to go and do that thing later on Oh, I know. You're just chatting away to yourself yeah. It actually causes micro-movements In your larynx So your brain is Thinking, uh, are we talking here? No we're not talking, we're using our inside voice But it's still triggering tiny movements In your larynx So maybe you're really quietly whispering it But
3: you don't actually know I nearly wrecked my larynx yesterday What'd you do? Uh, I tried to sing Simply Red's back catalogue karaoke in the car yeah. while I was driving up from Galway to take my mind off the crazy thunder and lightning. <laughs> Mick Hucknall sings very high. <laughs> He's probably one of the best singers in the history of singing. Oh. Holding back the years but then you know you think I'm doing it I've got this got it, and really. then it goes to the holding
0: holding
2: God, nobody could hear me. The thunder was drowning oh, me we, out. We all just heard you there now, so it's <laughs> terrible. I'm quite enjoying this, like, make Dermot perform and do Hiya things today, yeah. Uh, Earlier on, it was uh, the Panto person, but now it's Christopher Walken. How are you, boys no, and no, girls? No, no, Christopher Walken. Okay, I'll tell you what. You're doing an ad for the Panto, but Christopher Walken is in the Panto, okay? So, <laughs> go. How are you, boys and girls? The Panto's happening,
0: and it's... Uh, What's the story of the. the, the Jack and the Beanstalk. It's Jack and the Beanstalk! I'm a gold map for the boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> the giant is p- p- portrayed by Christopher Walken. With the giant,
3: played by Christopher Walken. Guys, I don't know. <laughs> Goddamn, too many noisy kids. Uh, he's behind you, for God' God's sake. Look behind you. <laughs> And they uh, wrap it up, wrap oh it up. No, he didn't. Tickets on sale. Oh probably. no, he did.
0: Yes, he did. <laughs> Tickets are on sale now from a horse and cart outside
3: Brattle Street. <laughs> <laughs> it's no ordinary panto. This is no ordinary panto. It's a Christmas walking panto. <laughs> <laughs> and do you remember this iconic moment? This,
12: my sweet, is a letter from my solicitor telling you that your husband has filed a petition for divorce also tells you to get yourself a solicitor pretty damn quick. Happy Christmas
3: again. Yes, the moment that EastEnders Dirty Den announced he was divorcing wife Angie at Christmas, that moment was watched by 30 million people in the UK. <laughs> Jesus Last year, not even three million people tuned into their Christmas special. But EastEnders aren't alone. Coronation Street, Emmerdale, and other soaps in the UK are losing viewers. Some soaps in the US have been moved onto streaming services, and of course, earlier this year, Neighbours came to an end after over thirty years. So, is this the end of the soap? Eddie Brennan is a media sociologist and a lecturer at TU Dublin, and he's with us now. How are you, Eddie? Hi, Dermot. How's it going? Very well. So, is this the death of the soap in your? expert view no so
1: okay <laughs> Bye, thanks, <Eddie>. <laughs> <laughs> so uh it's not i mean i think there's a key uh fact about media that as new media forms come along they're added to the old stuff but the old stuff tends not to go away so it's going to be with us uh, in some shape or form into the future but i suppose the key question is, how, why has it declined mm, as it has, mm. you know? Well, you, um,
3: you of all people should know, because you did a PhD in the production of Fair City. So I you, did, you, yeah.
1: you know a thing or two about Pritch, soaps. Which raised the laugh of my graduation when other people were graduating in particle physics and I got my PhD <laughs> in Fair City.
2: <laughs> Doctor of <Elsa> um, McCoys. <laughs> <laughs> but Eddie, I mean, is the reality of this simply that... You know, back in 1994 or whatever that was, that clip there of of Dan and Angie, like, you know, most people in Ireland had either two or six TV channels, right? So that there really wasn't the choice. Now, there's an infinite number of things you could be watching. We're in a situation where... What is it? You know, the 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 entire uh, output of humanity gets uploaded to YouTube every hour, basically. So, um, you know, like, is it just simply a fact of life that there's just more choice now?
1: I, I think there's a bit more going on than that. I mean, like, I think that that soap opera is is basically about nosiness, mm. um, and there's kind of a deep seated historic reason for that for that nosiness. Um, so, if we go back to the 1700s. Uh, a big big shift happens in European societies you have a transformation in politics transformation in economics but you also have this cultural and emotional transformation and basically that comes down to you have this new middle class who unprecedentedly have private houses so they're, they're cut off from their community the city is more complex you can't just know about the world by just walking out your door and looking at mm. it so people need new forms of media to understand the world around them, and it becomes a psychological need because you're kind of going, am I okay, am I normal how do I compare with other people and so obviously gawking over your neighbor's fence or peering through their windows is not really an option so people used letters initially and then novels, so there's a novel called Pamela from 1740, which is the first sentimental novel about romance and, and, and uh, you know, various uh, struggles and so on it's about domestic violence and um, And so this is credited as being like the origin of the soap opera. So the soap opera has been there as a way to let people look into other people's lives uh, and to see how they stack up and to kind of to have vicarious living, to live other people's lives that are separate from yours. And now I think the key thing is that, as you say, there's so many other things that, that allow you to do that without the soap opera. You know, Mm,
3: Um, I'm guessing, you know, social media would be one of those things because, you know, everyone is is putting their dirty
1: laundry out on, you know, on Instagram. Yeah, I think it's but it's it's that thing of, yeah, you can follow an influencer. You can follow them every single day. There's at least the illusion that you're following them in terms of their ordinary everyday life. Uh, And also the things like, you know, soaps are very good at addressing issues family issues relationship issues mental health you know general health issues and so on and you can go to tiktok for example and find people who talk explicitly about their difficulties with these you know with, with certain issues uh, every day so you don't have to wait for like you know the whole if you've been affected by the issues in this episode of uh, kind of thing you don't have to wait for it to come around on the carousel of issues that are covered by soap operas mm. you can go directly to see that that issue addressed uh, through social media so i guess social media has kind of stolen soap opera's lunch in that respect you know it's kind of it's taken it's it's, it's now serving the psychological needs that soap opera used to serve um, and, and people have readier access to it I think there's another broader thing is that society has changed like the soap opera you know the whole watching my soaps kind of thing was like you have your dinner and you get to sit down at 7 o'clock and watch the soap operas but I mean working lives have completely changed commutes have become crazy um, there's far more participation for everybody in the labour force men and women so people just don't have the time anymore to sit down three or four times a week to catch their soaps at a given, you know, at a fixed time every week. So I think pe- people have uh, new media habits where they're catching up on stuff at yeah. the bus stop, well, or you know,
2: one of us here was talking to Maria. Was it was it Dermot or Sean? Someone was talking to Maria who said that the best thing about maternity leave is that she doesn't have to watch her soaps on record; that she can watch them live. Yeah. It's changed yeah, her yeah, life yeah.
1: completely. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it kind of shows you that like. Media habits uh, are a reflection of society overall, you know. And and I mean, the the media habit of catching East Enders or Fair City, you know, three or four times a week, uh, is not really physically possible for yeah, people, unless but, you are on maternity leave or whatever the case may be. You it's know?
3: sad, Eddie, though, because you know, TikTok is grand and all for people talking about their issues, but we're never going to get golden moments like this from Coronation Street when <sighs> Tricky Dicky drove everybody into the river.
0: He's gonna crash!
3: The absolute <laughs> carnage! Of that. Fact, he was driving the plats into the river. We, we all would have. There was a, there was an orderly queue forming to drive that lot into the river.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I think it's 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 tame compared with Emmerdale, who solved uh, the writer's dilemma of having a load of not so great characters by crashing a jumbo jet into the <laughs> That's village. Right? Yeah, they did. Eddie, do you think
2: that like soaps, if they wish to live on, whatever reduced capacity they may well be. Do you think they need to adapt to how we're now consuming media or is it just uh, an outform that will eventually just become outdated?
1: I don't think it will become outdated. I think maybe part of the thing is that people have to realise that soaps have a real social value. Um, And I think, you know, the way there's this this language used about a safe space, uh, you know, I think that soap opera in a way was kind of the original safe space for conversation. Uh, If you have an issue that you're following through TikTok or whatever, that's fine you can see that represented but it doesn't necessarily make it easier to raise that issue with a stranger and discuss it mm. whereas soap opera has always covered taboo controversial issues and you didn't have to say what do you think about taboo issue X or y you could just say did you see Fair city last night or right. did you see uh, Emmerdale and so it kind of creates social conversations and in I mean there's like the BBC used the Archers radio soap in Afghanistan. Uh, to address issues about malaria and landmines. And soaps have been used in South America to address difficult issues around literacy, adult literacy uh, and um, contraception and so on. And and when you create social conversations around issues, you can change them. Uh, but if you don't have that platform to create a broad social conversation, then then these things can't really be, be aired out. So there's All a real right. social need. For them, in in terms of you know public service broadcasters like ORT or the BBC or whatever the case would be, but I go back to that point I made at the start, is that media forms never go away. You know, like vinyl vinyl records haven't gone away, uh, the musical hasn't gone away. Unfortunately, perhaps. Uh, <laughs> How dare and, you? And so, <laughs> and so on, uh, and so soaps will remain in some form, but maybe maybe they'll they'll mutate in some way. You know, they may find a new a new niche. Um, Mm. So, and I tell you what, know, Eddie
0: Brennan, the panto hasn't got away <laughs> on <long. laughs>
1: <laughs> So, who knows? Maybe, maybe soaps will go kind of uh, cross-platform, and you'll be able to follow up on your favourite East Ender stars on TikTok as well as. Who platform, knows? Those, yeah, uh, absolutely. Times a week.
3: Uh, well, look, Eddie Brennan, media sociologist and lecturer at TU Dublin. We've got to go, get back to the caravan park and and talk okay. about some social issues. Uh, lovely to have you on the show, Eddie. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Bye bye. bye, Thanks, bye,
2: bye. We're just talking to Eddie Brennan there, media sociologist and lecturer at TU Dublin about soaps. Are they, are they dead? Are they dying? Because, uh, they, the big scenes used to get, you know, 20, 30 million viewers. Now the Christmas specials barely get 3 million. Uh, this is in the UK we're using those numbers for, but just interesting to talk to Eddie about the, Kind of evolution of soaps and where they came from and everything like that.
3: So uh, your reactions now on oh eight seven four one hundred one oh two. I suppose they go in and out of favor as well, don't they? You know, they kind of go through troughs and dips. I give. Like I know it's not quite the same thing, but like the late late toy show, you know, has been obviously around for decades, but it it's kind of has never been more popular than it is now. And you would think that after decades of doing it, that it might that might have waned. And I guess there was a few years where. People were watching it, but it wasn't the talk. You know, the talk of the town the next day. But do you
2: think soaps haven't? They just kind of declined. You know, what's that word? Linearly,
3: they've just gone down and down yeah. and down and down. I don't know if they're going to come back up. Is the problem? I think that, Eddie touched on it, obviously, but I think that the the death of appointment viewing has a big role to play in mm. that. That thing of you know sitting down to what a dinner time, and those things were usually timed around meals. You know, the, you end up watching the soaps around dinner time, and just people aren't sitting down together in the same way they used to. Well, maybe it's the content is the issue. Lorraine's
2: on the phone. Hi, Lorraine. Hello. Hi. Yeah. So you used to watch the soaps. You're tuning out a little bit more now. Why is that?
13: Ah, uh, just well, I find around half seven o'clock or half seven, the kids are still up, and it's just inappropriate kind of content, like shouting and violence and. Stuff like you just wouldn't have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old looking
3: at, so... Yeah, because Coronation Street, in particular, back in the day, was always a safe space for yeah, families. Yeah,
13: it was safer, but yeah. now, uh, EastEnders, I've long since given up, watching that, this spook, and I couldn't watch that at all myself, even so
3: depressing. <laughs> but I guess there was a sort of a race to shock uh, the viewer, you know? So, you know, particularly around the Christmas specials, and they kept having to... Like, I remember when, you know, Dave and I were in school, we'd be watching Home and Away, and the most... You know, drastic thing was that one of the kids in the caravan park started drinking of vodka. Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, Allie. that
2: was crazy.
3: Yeah, you know, so they were dealing yeah. with you know d- drinking teenagers. Whereas you fast yeah. forward, you know, it's there's murders, kidnappings. You know,
13: it's yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's all very high, very violent and very but you
2: know, what about Eddie's argument though that these extreme storylines allow us to have conversations around difficult topics or taboo topics yeah that a, you a wouldn't.
13: Topic, certain topics that you might be just really nervous or um, kind of anxious to bring up in front of your all of a sudden in front of your friends but yeah did you you know it might be an icebreaker to say oh did you see carnation last night and it might help you to lead into it helping yeah. your own issue
3: if there's a problem in your own house. Well, right. Particularly in the 80s and 90s when we were all afraid to talk about anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But maybe not for good. the kids as yeah. you're saying Lorraine. I can see your point that uh,
2: it might yeah. be worth hitting the record button and then watching them later on. Yeah, uh, Lor- thanks a million day. Lorraine.
7: All right. Thanks. Bye. All
2: right, okay. See you bye. later. Bye bye. Row lads on a Sunday evening never any interest in it but got to stay up later says Pat and Tullamore. Yeah that was, I was the same I never really wanted to watch it but
3: it just meant that you could stay up until after Row. Yes. Do you remember Biddy's car crash? Like that was the most dramatic thing that ever happened. Oh well, Ted now Rock, hang on, Miley
2: and was a Fidelma in the hay bales. Uh, <laughs> and,
3: uh, there was drama there, lads. Someone says, "Ah, stop! Don't say the soaps are dying." I just started watching the stories. <laughs> uh, well, one of them I now watch. Emmerdale Farm. It has a farm. It has a farm, and less dreary than EastEnders. Um, well, technically, it's just Emmerdale. They got rid of the farm back in the day. I used to hate that coming in from school. You come in on a wet day you know, soaked off you know, off the bicycle, you'd throw the school bag on the floor and walk in and my mother would be sitting there watching Emmerdale Farm and that music would just go through you. <laughs> Is this it? Is this my life now? <laughs> yes, it was. <coughs> <coughs>
2: sure
7: your luck. Isn't that
2: it? And action.
3: Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. Uh, <clears throat> uh, just give me my motivation. Your motivation. You're you're an old lady. You're sick of being pushed around. You're like Liam Neeson, except you're a you're 90-year-old 90, you're 90 woman. <laughs> Uh, so now you're now listen
11: to me you there now listen <laughs> I've been around longer than you've had
3: cups
13: of tea I'm 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 giving away 500 euro now that's it don't I have a particular set of
0: skills I can crochet <laughs> faster than anyone
6: <laughs> and I can throw
0: fine bone shot crockery at your head
3: uh, cut oh and I'll be my train on- <laughs> <laughs> From the cool camp's backpack To Brian Cody's hat There are a lot of objects Synonymous with the world of GAA Well our next guest has compiled 100 objects to explain The history of the GAA It is a book And it's absolutely brilliant We're fascinated with it here In the studio Dr Siobhan Doyle is a historian And author And she joins us in studio To chat all about her new book A History of the GAA In 100 Objects Hello, Siobhan.
18: Hi, Dermot. How are you going? I'm
3: very well. Can we talk about Collie Kay's hole? Of
18: course we can.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Get straight to the most important part of the whole book. I love this story. Let's
18: get into the nitty-gritty, yeah. um, Taft's pub on Shop Street uh, in Galway City Mm -hmm. um, is home to one of the 100 objects in history, the GA in 100 objects. And uh, it's kind of a different one you wouldn't expect. So when Galway were playing... um, Kildare in the 1998 All-Ireland final um, somebody had to get the short throw uh, and stay behind and look stay after in the, pub. the pub. right. So Coley was was the barman that day and um, a goal went in, Galway went on to win and uh, Coley jumped up and in doing so he um, punched a hole in the ceiling by accident. Oh. So instead of getting the ceiling repaired, they framed it and <laughs> uh, it's, it's still there as a record of that day um, and I think um, it's important I justify it as an important because it's not just about being in the stadium mm. um, it's not just about getting a ticket um, pubs are really important parts of our sports experience as well um, so yeah so when I went to visit um, Taft's pub in Galway I went in at 12 o'clock to talk to the manager to collect the story I was still there at 9 o'clock oh and that's I, a good
2: sign yeah, yeah. that's and, a good you know, sign it's
18: all part of the research I, yes. had to, I had to get to know the environment I may have been playing the tin whistle in the corner so.
3: <laughs> and <laughs> so, you expense so, the pints yeah.
15: <laughs> so tell us
2: then about the, how the book works because it's not like you went into a museum in the GAA and just photographed a hundred things and wrote a little blurb. Like, you've gone and found the 100 objects that tell the story of the GAA.
18: Yeah, that would have been an easy, a, a really easy Much way easier. of going around. To just go to the GAA museum and uh, just put medals and trophies and jerseys. But I wanted to, I suppose, think think outside the box. I wanted mm. every county to be represented so I travelled to the 32 counties um, between 2021 and 2022 and um, yeah just try to get people to think differently um, and you know I didn't want to just represent the champions and the sure. all-stars um, I wanted all codes um, and all parts of the GA so I suppose my aim was for Anyone that has an interest in the GA to be able to see themselves in the book. And
2: does it begin at the beginning? Does it go back to the very start? There's something really, really old.
18: Yeah, so it's laid out chronologically by decade. Um but the GA was established in eighteen eighty four, but some of the objects um are dated before that. So we've hair hurling balls that are eight hundred years old, oh, wow. um a wooden mether from medieval times and, and different drawings and stuff from the seventeen hundreds. So yeah, it does predate mm. the GA, but what, right up until the present day as
3: well. What's a wooden mether?
18: A wooden meather is, um will be a familiar kind of shape and size um, to those of us that are familiar with the uh, Liam McCarthy Cup. Yeah. Um, so that would have been used um, you know at different feasts and uh, events and it would have been passed around so that everyone that attends um, the event gets to uh, have a drink out of the Wooden Mether. Much so,
2: like the Liam McCarthy exactly. Cup. Exactly.
18: Well, you're not supposed to do that. You no, get you're 12, not. You get a 12-week ban for that.
2: <laughs> not supposed to but these things happen. <laughs> uh, okay, so there is really also, but then as you said, it comes all the way up to kind of modern day stuff as well. So, was there anything you found that you were surprised that somebody had? I mean, like, obviously, Co- Coley's Hole is, is probably one of those things <laughs> that sticks out, but was there anything else that you kind of thought, like, God, I didn't expect that to be part of my book?
18: Yeah, um, yeah, there's a few instances of those, like, um, there's like a manhole cover, Uh-oh. um, that uh, commemorates. Uh, Dublin footballs five in a row um, so there's about 15 of those around like the Georges Dock area and you know you don't think like when you see a book of this type you don't think there's going to be something as mundane as a manhole cover <laughs> right. it's going to be in it but um, I suppose just represents the different way the different ways of celebrating um, the GA and uh, the various different achievements um, There are statues um, there's jerseys there's kicking tees dresses
2: Brian Cody's hat
18: yes exactly it's a cap
2: a cap, yes. sorry, I should correct it, myself, Yeah, of
18: he wears a hat during the winter, so he switches over to a beanie hat, so you know winter is coming when, when <laughs> Cody switches over to the beanie. But um, that, to me, was uh, one of the objects that was top of my list when I was uh, when I set out to write the book, because, to me, it's it's iconic. Um, you know, you'd rarely see Cody without the cap, yeah. um, and I would argue the more annoyed he is with the match, or the more Kilkenny are losing, he, he uh, adjusts a, a bit more. <laughs> um, so, you know, we won't see him on the sidelines for Kilkenny anymore, but... Um, um, he's still there with his club, James Stevens. So, um, mm. yeah, there's definitely some kind of psychology around it as
3: well. Staying with headgear, I've, I I love the story of the first GAA helmet and I wasn't aware that it was worn in, all the way back in 1966.
18: Yeah, so that was worn by a man called Mihal Murphy. He hurled for UCC in Cork in the 60s and he suffered a head injury himself, so he decided right, i got to do something about it. But there was no such thing as helmets, so mm. um, he got a motorcycle helmet, which is padded on the inside and has a chin strap at the bottom. And uh, he uh, went on as a substitute during um, a Cork County final um, wearing the helmet and you can imagine the, the whisperings that were going yeah. on, who's this fella coming in but I suppose that was kind of the advent of um, of GA helmets because a few years later um, when Kilkenny were playing tip in the All-Ireland final, one of the Kilkenny players um, lost an eye um, mm. so I suppose that, you know, even though we didn't actually have compulsory helmets until 2010, um, we have kind of murmurings of headgear starting in the
2: 60s Right, yeah. okay. Uh, let's have a listen to this because one of the things is actually a cassette tape from 1996, a lot of you will know this song by the Wild Swans. And when
6: we looked at young old
0: Gorman Through the midfield he was starling And then the Cusics landed up there When he scored from 60 eyes We were
6: dancing at the crossroads In the shadow of a bonfire Underneath the silver moonlight
2: We were singing until now. So the cassette is called The Hurling Songs.
18: How would you play it in full? Ah, no, I wouldn't play the whole lot, but <laughs> that's
2: Dancing at the Crossroads. Yes. So what's the history of that?
18: Now, first of all, have you ever heard Dancing at the Crossroads played at a Wexford wedding? No. Absolute chaos. Really? It's like playing Maniac 2000 or Put Him Under Pressure. <laughs> There's nowhere else to go. You right. might as well just call it a day. Um, but that was the soundtrack to my own county, um, Wexford's Hurling Win in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dancing at the Crossroads went to number one after Wexford won. The B-side was, you know, a more um, toned down ballad called Purple and Gold. Um, but yeah, it went to number one for two weeks. It knocked the Spice Girls wannabe off number one. Wow. Um, which was a huge achievement because at the time it was only on cassette it eventually came out on cd but i say there was about five copies in every wexford house okay
2: that's good to hear that's good to hear and then modern day stuff the cool camps gaa bag which in fairness my kids have gotten every single year they've done the cool camp like it is an iconic part of gaa history now to any parent
18: yeah, and and you know it's an everyday object, um, and I wanted that to come forward in the book as well. That you know people can see the book and go, "Oh, we have one of those at home." Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool camps are a really important part of the GA. Like since I think 2006, over one million children have um, went to cool camps, um, and I suppose the thing about the cool camps backpacks as well is that they don't really go on general sale. So you're kind of part of an elite club yes. if you have the if you have the gear. But actually, I was at um, a hurling match in Salt Hill. During the the league, and uh, some of the Wexford players were carrying Cool Camp's backpacks. So the was, players themselves, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> um, the subs, yeah. So there must have been some left over. Um, yeah.
3: And <laughs> listen, I know you're a historian. Why the GAA, and is that just part of a, of you know a bigger? area you're interested in
18: yeah I suppose uh, come from a GA household and uh, was always part of our um, weekends wouldn't have been the best um, GA player in my time but um, loved um, going to matches um, with my family every weekend and um, I worked in the GA museum for a few years as well mm. and um, yeah I suppose it, it was just such an enjoyable subject um, for me to look at so
3: yeah. yeah why not write about what you love and do you think yeah. the GA is unique in terms you know if you compared it to you know football as in soccer folklore you know across the Irish Sea there do you think GAA is, is different
18: um I don't, I don't really like comparing it to other sports because each has their own merits and um, their achievements within particular communities and of course like the GA will attract um, you know a certain type of community or a certain type of person so um, I don't think it's really fair to compare it but um, even just beyond sport um, mm. there's lots of other community organisations like um, uh, you know athletics or um you know, like music groups and um, that kind of thing. So there's, I think the GA does get uh, a lot of applause for that, but um, they're not the only ones that are a volunteer-based and community-based organisation.
6: Yeah.
3: yeah. Well, well, it's a beautiful way you put it together. Siobhan Doyle is the author, Dr. Siobhan Doyle, a history of the GAA in 100 objects I wonder have you any famous bits of GAA lore lying around your house that you feel should have been included in this this have you got an under 12's medal somewhere in the drawer I have an
2: under 10's medal that uh, (laughs) the Dublin goalkeeper John Forgot his name now, but I met him back in under 10s. He gave him me a medal. Can't think of what his second name is now. John. Is I'll put John. that in volume. Put here. that in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the single object that's not important. <laughs> Let's give you 20 more seconds of dancing at the crossroads. Dr. Siobhan thanks for coming in. It's Dermot And, I and, young old and through the he was
0: storming. And then the up said, when he for 60 eyes, we were and at
1: the crossroads Listen back to more from the Dermot and Dave show on todayfm.com. Dermot and Dave. Weekday mornings from 9 on Today FM.